Hey everyone, welcome to episode 39 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back. I'm Ben, and once again, I'm joined by Blood Tithe Ben. Hello again. How are you doing, buddy? You okay? Always, always keep keeping well despite the uh, despite the new climate, you know. I know this new hobby prison we're all in. Yeah, uh, where it's, we can. It's, it's not bad hobby wise though. <laughs> it's quite useful. It's quite useful. Uh, so thanks for coming on the show again, my friend. So what are we talking about on episode thirty nine? Uh, today we're going to be talking some bonehead basics for corn, um, some corn inducements, and the usual games, hobby, and star players. But that's not all. As we're talking about corn, we've dragged on a local player and Tombstone Tournament 2019 winner, Sam Frenzy Garner, to give us some pro tips on playing Blood Bowl for the Blood God. Sam, welcome. Oh yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. No, man, it's great to have you here. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Like like Ben said, we're all sort of surviving as shut-ins. That's right, I practiced a lot for this when I was a teenager, so we'll be all right. <laughs> That's kind of it. It's definitely so, like, the last few years, geek culture has grown and grown and grown, and it's become more acceptable to play D&D and to play board games and stuff with your family, and then um, now we're all forced to do it, which is quite cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so as long as, as long as everyone's healthy, uh, then yeah. it does, uh, yeah, it gives you an opportunity to get some extra hobby on the go. So, Sam, thanks very much for joining us. Massively appreciate it. Uh, before we move on, we have a tradition on the show. We need to establish your gamer credentials. So I'm going to pester you with a few questions here before we move on. So first things first, how did you get into wargaming? Um, so I've got a couple of older brothers, uh, fairly older than me. Um. And in sort of in the early to mid nineties, one of them was in Toys R Us. Picked up Warhammer Forty K Second Edition, I think it was. In Toys R Us. Yeah, yeah I was right. surprised by that too. Wow, that's <laughs> retro. And uh, yeah, bought it home, and the rest is history. It's been sort of like before I could oh. walk properly. Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to interrupt. Is that the Second Edition box with all the cardboard runes, like ruins? Yes. Oh, dude, that was amazing, and the cardboard dreadnought. Um, I don't remember the Dreadnought. I remember the Ruins. <laughs> we had them for a long time. They were great. That was a great was box the Death set. Dread? The Orc, Orc. Yeah, the or one Dreadnought at the time. Wasn't yeah, it? That the was one that was just printed on a square bit of card. It was just a picture yeah. of the Death Dread, so you could use it in your game to like try it out. That was a wicked <laughs> set. Me and uh, me and Warhammer Hannam started with that box. <laughs> That's cool. And yeah, so they they introduced me to well, they bought me up with with Warhammer. Oh, that's wicked. Um, so, how did you get into Blood Bowl? Uh, same story, really. I, I, remember, I remember playing with my, brother, with my brothers when I was very little. Um, and then, you know, we grow up, the game gets put in the attic and lost lost to the ages. <laughs> but uh, in I think it was about last year, um, me and my brother were looking for something to do. And I said to him, you know, hypothetically, what would happen if, you know, maybe I went to Games Workshop and bought Blood Bowl again? And he was like, well, hypothetically, I'll play it. So there it was. Uh, fantastic. When you say your brothers are a bit older than you, what kind of, uh, how, how much older than you are they? So we got one's seven years older, one's nine years older, and one is 13 years older, I think. Uh, cool. The reason I ask is that I got into it due to my cousin, and I dragged Ian kicking and screaming with me, and Clive was about nine years older than me. And uh, yeah, 
See, older brothers or older cousins have got a lot to answer to. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Cool. So, Blood Bowl time now, Sam. Your favourite team to coach that you've played or you're enjoying playing with? <sighs> it's not a loaded question. <laughs> it feels wrong since we're doing a corn episode to not say corn, but I'm going to have to go undead. Just classic undead. Oh, you're not you're not particularly bad with undead either, are you? So, um, you, you, yeah, that's yeah, cool. I've, I've, I've had a little bit of practice with them, but <laughs> I mean, you know, you're wearing under mummy. Archer, meme. I, I did really enjoy playing with corn. No. They were quite fun. I've uh, I've also enjoyed that, and I think Ben has as well. And um, finally, Ben, before we move, uh, finally Sam, before we move on, the least favorite team to play against. I think it's orcs, but specifically the orc roster where they bring four black orcs and four blitzers. I hate it. Every oh, orc roster. The, 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 the proper orc roster. There's like two. The orc there's three orc rosters in there. There's that one, which is the optimum build. There's the speed roster where they drop the black orcs and take goblins instead, and mm -hmm. which is definitely a choice. And then there is the I bought one box, uh, so I'm I'm running a suboptimal <laughs> list roster. Uh, yeah. That one's not quite so bad, but yeah, the geared up one is is brutal. Have you played against Dan uh, from our club in the uh, league? No. Okay, you're in for a treat. <laughs> no, I did play against. I played against um, Ben from Fobble. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. That was a tough old game. Uh, that was yeah. a tough old team and a very good coach actually in Fobble Wobble. That was brutal. He he was fantastic. It was. Um... It got to the point where I knew I was, I was. My only hope was to speed bump him for the one all draw, and I just couldn't yeah. hold on long enough. I remember that you were kind of sweating after it. It was, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was a tough match. Fantastic, right? Well, with that established, thank you very much for that, Sam. We will move on to news. So first things first is Blood Bowl news. So we've got still got a few things to talk about, even though the world is kind of on hold. Um, and uh, if you guys are all right with the show notes, let's have a look. So first, we have got the Death King's Guardian. So we've talked about this for a few episodes now, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. This is a come up and think of past three, maybe two or three. I think so. They've done a really good job letting people know it was coming out, advertising what was going to be on it, and they, I think they've really, really, really aced it. And they've given us a long enough window so that we can talk about it while it's live for a few episodes. So this is the Death King's Guardians Kickstarter by Vortis Miniatures. And it is a brilliant Kemri team. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, it's, we, we've probably said all we can about it. But, uh, <laughs> I think we have. I think we have. So we'll just give it a bit of an update. So uh, of their £5,371 goal, they have reached 32000 basically 32500 So nearly six, seven times what they needed to get. Sam, have you had a chance to look at the this Kemri team? I had a brief I had a brief gander earlier on. So and, look, um, yeah, wow. They've got some great painted examples now. They've got the classic scale, uh, scale comparison against the Wolverine lineman. Uh, so that's with the Tomb Guardian, and Tomb Guardian is a good head and shoulders and chest probably above him, uh, which is yeah. awesome. So this one finishes on Monday the 6th, uh, so this podcast will come out on Saturday the 4th, so if you haven't backed it, you can jump on and have a look and and just back it if you fancy a really well done Kemri team. So one thing to mention before we move on is that this could be a really Kemri month. And 
if you're, you're not sure whether to back the Vortis one here for these miniatures, which I think are brilliantly and characterfully sculpted, there is another Kemri team coming out from Punga, which we're going to talk about in a second. And also, there is a possibility of a Blood Bowl announcement on the 4th, on Saturday the 4th as well. We're holding out for it. It's we are. Come. We are, yeah. So the Games Workshop had a, a nice preview for every other game uh, last weekend, um, <laughs> <laughs> which has left the Blood Bowl community a bit disappointed. But they have said there's more announcements coming on the 4th. So this podcast is coming out on the 4th. If the announcements hit then check it out. But if you're after a Kemri team, I do recommend this. I'm backing this. I can't remember. Um, I think I got the early one. I think I got the full team, not the... Did the you get the uh, the spirits coming out then? I didn't go for the spirits. You didn't go for them? I didn't go for them. Uh, let me just I... have a quick look at them. Sorry, Sam. I was going to say, I, I saw the spirits uh, when I was looking earlier. These, because I was listening uh, to the last episode and uh, you mentioned them and I couldn't, couldn't really figure out what you meant by by these uh, sort of clear resin spirits and there they are is that them yeah the four pack of souls for 25 euros so they're they're basically ghost torsos of the tomb guardian models that you attach to the tomb guardians to kind of show their soul flying around um in casper the friendly ghost style <laughs> um and just harassing it but 25 pounds to upgrade your models that are already quite chunky it, mm. ah, I don't know. I, I love it. It's so cool. And if you go in on the big, uh, if you back it on the big style and you get them for like £12, then it's actually really worth considering. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they do look great. They look absolutely fantastic. And it's such a cool idea. But at the same time, I don't know if it's all that practical. And it's not something that I'm. It would just. I don't know. I think it looks great. But the guys are big enough already. And I'm a big fan of big guys. But when you've got four big guys. <laughs> You kind of need to. Uh... The two big guys. Yeah. Do they have any pictures of the of the Tomb Guardians with the souls attached? Yeah, I yeah, think they, they do. do. Let's have a. All their promo pics had them. Like, like I thought they came attached, but it's. I was quite surprised. At first, they yeah, you're right, Ben. All the like you said, the, the promo stuff. I don't know if you can see that on the screen, yeah. Sam. Um, let's boof that a little bit. But yeah, you can see they're glued in there, which looks really really cool. Um, but it does make the model a little bit bigger and it's a cool upgrade if you've got the cash it's a very cool upgrade and it'll make an absolutely superb looking team but um i think the team is cool enough already and i guess that's that's my angle with that one yeah yeah i can't yeah. argue with that cool so that is the vortis miniatures death king's guardians and we did talk about punga so coming soon from punga they are going to be doing a kickstarter for a kemri team as well oh i'm so excited for this one I you, love me some Punga. Yeah, I was going to say, you're a big Punga fan, aren't you, Ben? I am, very much. So we don't have any details yet about this Kickstarter. I think just the, here's some miniatures that are coming. Yeah, yeah, I think that's all they've said. Um, they're doing, I think, two other Kickstarters alongside this one. Uh, yeah. They've I'm, announced Vampire Pirates um, and something else which is hidden. I saw the one Vampire Pirate guy, uh, just like a, yeah. a little spoiler, which did look very, very cool. I'd be interested to see what they do with the thralls. They they did have a thrill. Um, oh. I can't remember if I posted it, but I'll, I'll find the picture later. But yeah, he's just like a just like a regular pirate dude. Looks a little bit like crippled and undead. But yeah, <laughs> good. He's cool. Yeah, but Punga do great stuff. I mean, I I, I get Punga and Grebo mixed up. You know, I do that yes. quite a lot. <laughs> uh, so your rat team, Ben, that's Punga. Yes, that, that's Punga, the pirates, which I'm sure 
many viewers have seen yes. around the place because they're quite Beautiful. popular. So Punga do great miniatures. It looks like Vortis do good miniatures as well, and it will be down to you to decide um, whether you like the Vortis slightly, not necessarily cartoony, but animated style versus the Punga classic style. Yeah, it's like they definitely both have their, their pros and cons. They're both really well done, and they are both different, which is very cool. I'm impressed with that. Yeah, that was really clever. Yeah, so that's it's coming... so different you can get with a <laughs> Egyptian undead. You know? Exactly. But I am concerned that uh, Games Workshop is going to drop a Kemri team on that Saturday, and uh, both these Kickstarters oh. could take a bit of a withdrawal, I think, uh, depending on how good, how good a job Games Workshop do, and if they even do bring out a Blood Bowl team. Or we will end up with three Kemri teams. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think you're either Vortis or Punga, because um, they're, yeah. they're they're really similar. I think they're they're different enough in style, but I can't see you needing both. Yeah, and price is a factor as well, isn't uh, it? You know? Absolutely. Do you need to spend 140 pounds on two Kemri teams? Exactly. <laughs> Not just yet. Maybe in a couple of years. There is one <laughs> one big mummy guy who is screaming, and that model does look amazing from Punga. Yeah, that Tomb Guardian. Yeah, is. So we've still got to see two more, which is quite. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see two more. The way Punga do things that, that should, we should be seeing two more, shouldn't we? Yeah, I think they've confirmed that. Brilliant. Absolutely So is, cool. that, is that the Jackal Head is the Blitz Ra and the, is it Thoth or Ra is the Thrower? The thrower, yeah. Thrower? That, that, I would, that, would, that looks to be right. It's interesting that you guys have got whips and uh, stone tablets and things in there as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. Effective Coaches. weapons. Assistant coach with the whip. <laughs> Could just be the quarterback, yeah. <laughs> it's very... Uh, it's very Egyptian, um, very very cool. So that's coming soon from Punga. Keep an eye out. Uh, they they do quite a good job of letting their stuff out on Facebook, so you know what's going on with it. Um, in fact, both these both these miniature companies do. Um, but yes, jump on if you like them, support them because actually third party Blood Bowl deserves to be supported. Yeah, really does. And now first party. So we're going to briefly talk about the fact there was a Games Workshop preview, uh, just to touch on some of the models that came out, just in case you could be tempted to use them for Blood Bowl. So there was quite a big release and quite a big spoiler for the Elves, the, the High Elves, or the Lumineth Realm Lords, as they're now called. Um, I believe there's a bit of uh, rage on the internet uh, on some of the Age of Sigmar things where people are like, they're not the High Elves, I remember, but that is their whole point, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're no longer High Elves. They are Lumineth Realm Lords. Um, there are, they obviously have got the High Elfy uh, influence and inspiration um but they're different they're new they're unique uh they have definitely come out the side uh, very different <laughs> pretty marmite i think the best way to describe the entire age of sigma thing is um you know when they do a tv series and you get three four five seasons in and then they change the main characters slightly yeah uh, actors yes. actors leave or main guy dies or something gets replaced or it's like the end of uh, stargate sg1 yeah. where all of a sudden farscape was on it a bit weird i think that's probably the best way to relate to what they're doing with the all the i nearly said teams that's because i have blood bowl to the core <laughs> um the armies in asia sigma so yes we do have some spoilers for basically high elves in asia sigma and the reason we're talking about them is because these guys here with the massive hammers and the extra extra massive hats a pretty good fodder i think for conversions ben you're you're the resident high elf player here yeah. Do you think uh, there is a possibility there? I will say I'd prefer the hats on the other guys, like the spearmen, than the new ones. The new ones look a bit like top heavy. 
Um, <laughs> these look insanely top heavy. On top of a yeah. high elf hat, yeah. Um, I thought they were banner poles at first. I think, um, yeah, me too. I think quite a few people did. Um, yeah. That being said, I saw a Photoshop where they took the cow head and put it on their head so like, they cut off the rest of it. And that actually looked really good. Oh, so that's that interesting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was just looking at the poses, and actually, the poses are not that far off from being quite blood bowly. No, they're not. Like, I could see these guys working really well. Yeah, snip off some weapons. Uh, I think the elves in Sigmar tend to be a little bit smaller than the elves in Blood Bowl. I think mm. I think the models in Age of Sigmar tend to be a bit smaller. Um, yeah, so I think you're right. Actually, if you I've look only at... seen a couple of the Eidneth ones, like personally in person, and yeah. they are quite spindly compared to Blood Bowl. But um, anyway, if you're absolutely gagging for an elf team and the other three aren't doing it for you and there is no update from Games Workshop on the 4th of April, eventually when these guys land, they could be a great opportunity to do a bit of conversion and um, more Blood Bowl fun. But talking about Blood Bowl fun, let's have a look at these guys. So one thing they did release was... What's the best way to describe this one, guys? Oh, over to you, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> battle cattle, wasn't it? The one going around. The battle yeah, cattle. I had that battle cattle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they've got these big elemental giant things that are. They look like a, basically a minotaur, a giant minotaur yeah. made of stone and armor, and they are yeah. very cool models. It's quite they reminiscent are. of uh, sort of Eldar. What they wraith lords? The yeah, sort of the, the, the wraith lords or the titans. Um, yeah. So they put here part mystical, part mystical creature, part mountain. Uh, it can go toe to toe with a bloodthirster. What more could you ask for? And I immediately saw these and thought, well, that's that's not what I was expecting, but that could make a very cool blood bowl giant. Mm. Yeah, I think to be honest, like. This might be controversial. I think it'll work better in a chaos team. Oh, a lot of people have said that. You've got the yeah, horns. Like yeah. You've got the minotaur aesthetic, and it's got very spiky shoulder pads. Um, yeah. So yes, you're quite right. So yeah, if you're after a giant for your chaos team, or possibly elf team, depending on how you're feeling about it, maybe even dwarf team, because actually there's a load yeah. of rocks there. Big um, hammer. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, this you is probably snip that off, did you? Snip the what off? The hammer. Oh gosh, if, yeah, if yeah. It was a giant, yeah. That depends how seriously you take the blood bowl. They're, they've got a. They've basically the kit will come out with two different options. One of them is called Avalanor, the Stoneheart King, and he's got two separate hand weapons, which I think will make for the easiest conversion. Um, yeah. And yeah, a bit of a beast of a model. Really like it. I imagine that will be about Tree Lord price. So forty something pounds probably. Hmm. I don't know. If you consider like the Keeper of Secrets as what like eighty five, that's pretty inconsistent with their prices. It could be anywhere. That's true, actually. The Keeper was a massive model. Anyway, this one could be a very cool thing to keep an eye out for because it lots of conversion and just an opportunity to make something very cool and very unique. Uh, so there was a lot of other stuff for forty k for um, for I say a lot of stuff. There was some stuff for forty k. There's some stuff for Lord of the Rings, and then we had another warband for Warcry. And these guys are amazing. Yeah, the reason we're going to touch on these is because there are definitely some Blood Bowl players in here. Mm. Oh, so, so, so much, yeah. We've got a big guy on fire, which Rich was immediately like, this guy could be a great star player. Um, yeah. And you've just got some very human... Th this is probably the kit that's most friendly to generic RPGing as well. Oh, definitely. 
Um, yeah. I mean, we've got the fantasy version of Bane here from <laughs> from Batman. He's got the mask and not a lot yeah. else except a big axe. You've got your your classic thieves, but these guys have got some poses that you can snip the weapons off real quick, and you've got some very interesting and unique-looking Blood Bowl players there. And these kits aren't too bad on a price-wise, are they? Normally, no. I think I, I mean, I think oh. the single standard squad is like twenty quid, something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know, twenty-five something. I'm not sure. It gets confusing yeah. when you look at resellers, doesn't it? Because um, yeah. <laughs> you can never remember if the reseller price is the full price. But anyway, so yeah, somewhere yeah. between 20 and £30, pounds, you get a team of... No, I said team again, didn't I? Uh, a group of what, <laughs> eight, eight guys, and yeah, you could use them to build a team. And if you are a sevens player, these kind of things are very, very tempting. I noticed that a couple of them have these like chakram glaive kind of things. And they're literally, if you snip off just the outer bit, they've got sort of blood bowl brass knuckles. Oh, that's mm. superb. Yeah, that's... I wouldn't even need to snip off the outside. You know what Blood Bowl's like these days. Um, yeah, there is there is one guy with very heavy armor, a very cool mask, and a massive sword with flames on, because these guys are the flame uh, warband. That's a cracking um, oh. chainsaw guy. Yeah. I think. Yeah. You wouldn't even need to convert him, you'd say, and the guy with the flaming sword is uh, the chainsaw. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the flaming samurai. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Very cool models. So not Blood Bowl, but opportunities for Blood Bowl. And the last bit was uh, Lionel Johnson, which is a very yeah. cool hero for 40k. Um, nothing to do with Blood Bowl at all. I did joke that you could use him as a chainsaw guy because he's got a massive chainsaw <laughs> as well. Uh, <laughs> I was like, it's a bit of a stretch. But we yeah, didn't no get... one complained about that. Well, no, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Um, I doubt he would fit on a 32 mil base, so <laughs> yeah, I think that would up bit of a squeeze. Yeah, that would upset Milton. But yeah, so I just wanted to touch on the Warhammer release and just to say that there is another one coming on the fourth, and hopefully we will see a Blood Bowl team there. If it does, I'll make sure to pop a, a cheeky little news burst on the podcast or something. We'll share it on Twitter and Facebook and everything, and you'll see it there anyway if you're on any of the social media. Um, well, like this lot, it got spoiled hours before the actual release, didn't it? Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. But, yeah, there was a yeah, lot of negativity about that in the community, which I think is quite nice. Um, yeah, I agree. And that is, that's a sign of the times as well. Um, because normally yeah. everyone's absolutely desperate to find out as quickly as possible. Um, so we had people share stuff as quickly as it came out. And actually everyone was a bit disappointed because they wanted to watch the live stream uh, and uh, see the releases as they came. Actually, I watched the live stream and I thought it was really good. It was good. I, was, I was, really fun. I was very excited for Blood Bowl and I was waiting to, to get the information out to our listeners and stuff, our followers. Uh, obviously that didn't happen, but there was, some, there was some cool stuff and it was good fun to watch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Next bit is... Oh, that's it for miniatures, really, for the time being. Unless I've missed anything off that you can think of, uh, guys. Uh, no. Nothing, nothing that's new. No, keep keep an eye out though because the the cool thing at the moment is you okay you can't get the miniatures um, from some places, but a lot of the independent stockists are still doing their very best to stay open. So if you do want some cool models from Vanath or from uh, from Grebo or Punga, uh, give it a go because they might still be able to get you models. Um, yeah, uh, don't, don't actually speaking don't of up. that, yeah, I did hear some good advice, which is uh, it might be worth reaching out to your local shop if they've had to close down. And just seeing if you can buy like a voucher in advance or something. That's, just keep their cash flow coming in. Yeah, they yeah, might be willing yeah. to do that. 
That's a really good shout. And actually kind of links into something that we're going to talk about in a minute, which I haven't okay. told you yet, Ben. But that's okay. Uh, so tournament-wise, we don't know what's going on with tournaments. We just don't know. Uh, we should have no. played Bournemouth Bowl last weekend, and we should be talking about Bournemouth Bowl today. Um, but it didn't Try happen, and rightly so. I know, it was fine. I did get away without finishing off the Wood Elf team, so... <laughs> swings and roundabouts. But our next tournament is the 30th of May. Saturday the 30th of May. It's Bonehead Bowl 2. We talked about it a couple of podcasts ago, if not last one. I can't remember anymore. Um, and it's a three-game mixed teams day. You can bring a regular team, no problem at all. We're still going for it. We're still planning for it. I've got loot uh, organized. I haven't ordered the trophies yet. I'm going to wait till kind of mid-April after this first three-week lockdown finishes to see what the guidance is going to be going ahead. Um, but I do have something organized and I work with uh, Entoyment a little bit to make sure that if we don't get to do Bonehead Bowl as a tournament, we can link it to some really good prizes. So last episode, I said we're going to be having some competitions and either today or yesterday i confirmed with entoyment that we can get some online vouchers so hopefully by the time this podcast goes live you should have already seen uh, at least one competition go live for us uh, offering entoyment vouchers um, as the prize so yes you can't get anything right now because everything's on hold but what you are doing is supporting a great shop a great shop that We've had a lot of good dealings with. They help us. Uh, they let us go and do the unboxing videos. They have they host our tournaments. Um, oh, yes, great shop, and we've got some vouchers to give away. So hopefully you've seen a competition go live. If you haven't, then it's probably because I'm just waiting to get the codes and make sure that they work all right. Um, but yes, you won't be able to spend them, but you will be able to spend them once everything opens up again. So it seemed the best way to do a prize to support a business that we really like. Um, and yes, hopefully, if you get some Games Workshop releases, you can save that voucher and you can get yourself a team if you win. And we've got some good, uh, some very interesting competitions coming up with designs because it's a very bonehead podcast thing to do. Um, <laughs> so yeah, haven't announced it just yet as we're recording, but should be live by the time the episode comes out. But anyway, back on the project. Bonehead Bowl to uh, jump on to the boneheadpodcast.com. Uh, to boneheadpodcast.com and have a look we've got the rules pack on there so you can have a look through and get designing on some lists you can see how we're going to structure it what we're planning to do and uh, yeah keep in mind that that should be a very fun day and we're still planning to go ahead with it yeah plan a list paint it up you do something to keep yourself busy and if it happens you'll be ready honestly i think planning lists is a great part of the hobby <laughs> So good. <laughs> the best bit. I spend ages like planning teams, planning rosters. Uh, I did it for Magic, building decks. You do it for Age of Sigmar, 40k, building lists. You do it for Kill Team, I'm assuming, Sam. Yeah, absolutely. Theory, theory crafting lists and uh, just playing things out in your head and bouncing ideas off of off of people as well. Oh, yeah, we do that a lot, don't we? It's mm. it's so good. Whether you're on Discord, WhatsApp, um, yes. The game outside the game, it's referred to, uh, which is the meta, the build, and just doing crazy stuff. And it's really good fun. So uh, keep us in the loop if you're brewing anything crazy or if you've got some great Blood Bowl stuff going on. Um, jump into the dis Discord, show us what you're painting. We do have areas to chat around our Blood Bowl 2 league. Um, any other game that you're playing, miniatures, we just love wargaming. So jump into our Discord, say hello. You'll be able to keep up to date with what's going on with the podcast, but also have a great chat with a great bunch of people. Yeah, certainly. Okay, guys, I think that wraps up everything for the news segment for the time being. 
Uh, let me just check the list. Ah, one thing to mention is yes, while tournaments are currently kiboshed completely, keep up to date with the NAF because they are running some fumble tournaments online. They did a big one over the weekend um, and it's a great way to get your, your NAF games in. Um, it's not as smooth as Blood Bowl 2, but you do get full capacity to build everything and to tweak your teams. Guys, have either of you played Fumble? You know, I gave it a go and uh, uh, I don't know, Sam? <laughs> I've, uh, I never got a chance to. I, I went on it specifically to, this was just before Tombstone, um, to make a corn team and play some games. But the interface was... Uh, <laughs> it's not new. It's not new, no. Yeah. I was put off a little bit by it. I didn't actually get around to playing any games. But if you know, if, if there's someone there to hold my hand and, and uh walk me through that, that that early stage. Yeah. This is oh, yeah. um this is what we had to use to use um before Blood Bowl kinda came back, Fumble. It's uh yeah, it takes a bit of work to get into, but it's quite it's 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 your classic tech. Blood Bowl two holds your hand completely, doesn't it? It's got the tutorial, yeah, says do this, you can't do this. Fumble's more open source than that, so you have to kind of. Yeah, I do love how much is in it though, like all the secret teams and stuff like that. I'm I was like, gonna, yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say the one one draw that Fumble has that makes me really want to try is is the secret teams. I really want to give some of those a go. I'm not sure if it has sevens on it. Really? Yeah, it might that... do. It might not. I remember seeing match data for sevens, but I think I might be getting the NAF. That's the NAF match data. So it doesn't have sevens, but someone did post a really cool video in our um, in our Blood Bowl Sevens uh, Facebook group saying how you can set it up on Roll Twenty, which was quite cool. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. So um, if we can't find a way to film the rest of uh, Seven Super Series, we might have to uh, do a bit of creative work on Roll Twenty. Yeah. <laughs> it would certainly be easier to camera to do the camera editing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right, talking about camera editing and stuff like that, we should probably move on to hobby. And yes, it's hobby time and the world is in lockdown, uh, rightly so, to keep everybody safe. I've uh, myself been poorly with some symptoms that seem to line up quite nicely with what's been described and I've got to be honest with you, I think if I did have it I got very lucky. I don't know if I did or not but I have been off work for it, quarantined and um, I've got a bit of hobby done. How about you two guys? Yeah, Sam? Yeah, uh, I mean well, I've, I've been working from home so I haven't been able to, to do it as much as, as much as maybe you but the fact that it's sort of stopped us from going from leaving the house on evenings and weekends means that yeah i've got plenty, plenty more done in the meantime no that's very very cool um have you been doing any painting have you been playing any games what have you been up to yeah uh well so we were supposed to have bournemouth uh level up bowl at the end of the month yeah so i was painting up the undead team for that uh full of uh full of motivation to get them finished and then as soon as it was cancelled i sort of was very deflated and and couldn't finish the team um <laughs> but thankfully i've got plenty of other projects because i can't stop spending money you, you're fine you're finding a way to spend money no well i mean I've, I've 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 got the kill team that we're playing yep paint i've got loads of savage orcs from age of sigma yes you Christmas do i've seen some work on those they're really good thanks oh, uh, so i mean i've arced my ears in in stuff to paint and it's sport for choice really 
it's um it's this whole situation is kind of doing an environmental cleanse and hopefully a hobby backlog cleanse as well because it's very difficult to buy new stuff right now <laughs> yeah. yeah it is it's going to be good for the for the hobby i think we'll start seeing lots of tables of painted models and that's great which would be awesome well i mean even even ian friend of the podcast warhanam hanam has been doing some painting and uh quite good painting did you see he got his stuff onto the warhammer twitch today yeah he was on a tight day of recording wasn't he yeah it's very 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 cool that's that's two times his models have been on warhammer twitch now um, yeah, he took. Uh, he played a game on there, didn't he? Oh, he uh, he he was there. I'm not sure he played much of a game. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit rough on it. <laughs> it was brutal. Yeah, it's quite good. And now the Warhammer Twitch is free. You can go back and watch Ian lose handily at Age of Sigmar <laughs> with some very lovely painted models. Um, bless him. That was uh, that was that was cool. So Ben, painting wise, what have you been doing? Yeah, I've done loads. I think every day I've been putting quite a lot of paint on models which has been really good um like sam said I, i'm working from home but it's freed up so much life like i'm not commuting um i can just roll out of bed um and at my laptop which means i can stay up later and still get a good night's sleep so <laughs> i've been staying up painting I'm, I'm trying to catch up with a lot of my aos um, ah cool again oh, well. just like Oh, sorry, carry on. I was going to say, is that your corn guys we're talking about today? It is corn, so yeah, as we're going to be talking about corn, I'll be painting up corn, so I'm, <laughs> I'm painting them at the moment. Um, so before the apocalypse, you bulk ordered red and gold for brass. <sighs> yeah, I already had it, because these have been grey for a long time, so <laughs> I'm trying to get these guys done. Um, using the same method I did on my corn bloodbot team, actually, so I'm kind of repainting a lot of my corn. Is that, so like, that's, is that like grey? Yeah, is that the glossy metal, the glossy red metal? It is, yeah, but yeah. like covered in matte varnish, so it does dull it down, but still has to shine. No, so that's, that's really nice. That's it's, really, really looks, cool. It's, the red is almost, it almost looks like a sort of red glass. I can't yeah. really explain it. it. It looks really cool. It is really nice, yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan of this. It's the Tamiya Clear Red, if you're interested, over gold, any gold. Um, yeah, really good stuff. Um, it's just, be careful using it for too long, because I've had it open here for, you know, about an hour now, and I'm feeling lightheaded so i have to put it on pause for a bit um, the next couple of segments could be quite interesting then yeah <laughs> uh like sam said as well i was doing the pirates um but as the tournament got cancelled they have gone into their cupboard of we'll come back to them we'll come back to them later did, did yeah. i hear you only had like four to go or something yeah i, I think some batch painting the entire team so i was on the sort of probably second to last stage so they, they haven't got a long long way to go but i spent a long time on them and I was getting bored of them, and the the, the tournament was the, all the motivation I had. Yeah, the so... impetus, the impetus hits. Now, one thing I found really useful with with especially Blood Bowl teams is, like you said, if you batch paint, that's really really good. Um, but if you finish off two thirds of the team because it's fun, so for example, for a sevens team, if you do need the elevens, you've only got another third of the team to paint. And I've seen you do this, Ben, and I know Warhanam does this as well. Is you do a project using the skills that you have got right now. You do that project to the best of your ability, and then by the time you're done with it, you're willing to just try something else on a different model. And I find that that's a really good way to level up your game, is you'll paint a team, and then you'll be like, right, I painted that team, it was, it was hard work, I'm really happy with it. Now I'm going to go experiment with a painting technique and do something different, and then you end up leveling yourself. You did this with your Nurgle team, Ben, for um, Hangover Bowl. Yeah, you're, you're right. I do this a lot. Yeah, I did. It's a I? really yeah. good way. So I will say to anyone out there who's back into painting, looking to paint a team, paint a team or paint a sevens team and then paint something different. 
get a palate cleanser, try some different techniques, and you'll find a way to kind of learn different things, and eventually you'll up your game, and um, you can get shamed on Warhammer Twitch, uh, <laughs> like Ian did. <laughs> Which yep. was very, very, very cool. So, Blood Bowl-wise, Sam's working on his undead. Ben, you, well, you're working on your Skaven, but you both paused. I was working on my Wood Elves, but yes, I have paused that as well because the tournament dropped through, and again, I will say rightly so. Um, I'm glad that everyone's taking all the action they can to keep everybody else safe. Really good. Um, but I have, I've been doing the other thing where instead of working on a project, I have been playing around with a bunch of other stuff just for fun. So I painted some more of my Slan guys just because actually... Painting with bright green is something I'm not good at. I'm not used to. I'm a tank guy through and through. <laughs> like olive drab, some damage, some ink. Like that's where I live. So that's, like that's the way to paint. Yeah. But with the with the frog team from um, Vanath, you, you need to be bright, vib, you know, vibrant. The difficulty is if I ever get them on a channel, they will disappear into the green screen. <laughs> very much, <laughs> very much point. like my invisible mug, which is quite entertaining <laughs> uh, because it's that green, which is really cool. And painting in vibrant colours is something I'm not, I'm not comfortable with. So I got to muck about doing that, and um, it's actually been really good fun. And I'm just enjoying painting them, even though I will probably never place land because I didn't order enough catchers. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when uh, fan they're up their back order, they just need to order two more catches, oh, and I'll okay. yeah, I'll probably get um, the Croxagore as well, just to round out the order. Um, one of the best Croxagores, I think, the Fanath one. It is really good. I've got the Crocodile one from Windsor Chog, but I've painted Ooh. him uh, bright green, same as the Slan team. So he's going to be with the Slan because he's kind of rounder, more yeah. vibrant. The yeah. Croxagore from Fanath is just mean, and I think he'll go better with the Lizardman team. Yes, he definitely suits the Lizardman. Uh, so yeah, I think that's going to be the next thing I pick up when when they when they get the catchers back in order. Um, so other projects, Blood Bowl, anything, guys? Been working on anything fun, or is that where your focus is on at the moment? Um, yeah, just finishing my OS, I think. Um, then I'll be, I'll have the energy to go back to Blood Bowl. Yeah, Sam. Um. Yeah, I mean, well, I had the uh, the terrain from TT Combat, but that's that's all assembled now. Oh yeah, of course. I know oh, you've both ben, been doing that. Yeah, Ben, you're halfway through yours. Is that right? <laughs> halfway, it would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben and Sam have both recently ordered a load of MDF terrain for um, other skirmish games, and the packs are huge, and the amount of terrain in there is huge for the price as well. <laughs> yeah, amazing. <laughs> Like this piece cost me like 12 quid and it's like taken up a table <laughs> uh no it's so cool though i don't know is the frog invisible is the frog invisible he is a little bit invisible that's quite yeah. cool that's really that's entertaining good. just checking the frog out against the green screen um, a skink, though. <laughs> i do need to pe finish painting a chameleon skink for a sevens team uh so building buying anything else on the go not hobby wise, I've been playing a bit of Blood Bowl too. Oh, we've all been playing a bit of Blood Bowl yeah. too. I think I think you've played more Blood Bowl in the last two weeks than you have in the last two years, haven't you, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of feels that way. It's been brilliant fun. So yeah, what Ben's alluding to is the fact that I've started streaming. We're in lockdown. I can't go to club night on Tuesdays, and I know there's a load of uh, a load of guys out there who are trapped at home as well. And I thought it'd be great fun to just play some Blood Bowl two uh, while chatting to people. It's been it's been brilliant so far. 
Um, so currently I'm streaming Sundays and Tuesdays at 7pm with other days where we can fit it in as well. Um, I will stick to that schedule for as long as the lockdown continues really. Um, um, because it's good fun. It's good fun. We, we, we've got no XFL and NFL on Sunday night so I'm free there. We've got no club night on Tuesday so I'm free there. Um, and uh, it's, it's been great fun Yeah, getting some Blood Bowl 2 on the go. Uh, Ogres with no rerolls has been awesome fun. <laughs> It was brutal. I had the uh, the pleasure of playing against you for the first time. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've actually played against both of you guys. So before we go yeah. into that, we have got a Bonehead Podcast Cup on Blood Bowl 2 for PC. So if you're around Sunday night, Tuesday night, and we also have... It's an open ladder, so you can play any other time in that league if you can find an opponent. If you want an opponent and you're on the league, jump onto our Discord. There's a special little chat segment just for Blood Bowl 2 games. Um, the, the league is growing, which is very, very cool. But Sundays and Tuesdays, you will get a game. Um, the rest of the week, if you can arrange one, fantastic. But yes, I am running this Ogre team, and i got to play against Sam, and i got to play against Ben. Sam, how was our game? Well, I want to say it was it was exciting, but I'd be lying <laughs> when I... Uh, we ended on a, two, two, uh, a nil-nil draw. Was that right? It was a nil-nil draw. But the yeah. reason... Talk to us about your team. So, I'm using the mixed teams from Blood Bowl 2 and they use a weird format so not like um, the uh, Bonehead one where where you have like the alignment chart Uh, on BB2 there's sort of like you've got the human association which is you know humans, Bretonia, Norse Amazon, I've picked one called Violence Together which you're allowed uh, orcs, goblins, lizardmen and ogres and I've gone you're allowed Ten black orcs. You're allowed six saurus. That's a whole lot of strength four. And then I'll have a skink to round out the numbers and carry the ball. I'm sorry. You're allowed how many black orcs? Four. Oh, okay, fine. God, I thought you said ten black orcs for a second. No, I was like, <laughs> oh, did, did I say ten? Oh 10? my god. We, so well, sorry. and at the end of the day, you've ended up with almost ten black orcs because you've got six saurus, what? who are what six four one nine, and then four black orcs, which are four four two nine. So it's yes, just exactly yes. So your team had forty strength on the line of scrimmage. Yes, <laughs> and, and the then, downside is uh, is if the skink gets snapped, nobody else can handle the ball. Uh, I don't think I managed to do that against you, did I? No, James did. Oh uh, yeah, he's good. James has, has got his sweet strats. He knows how to take out, take the fun out of somebody else's team. Um, but no, it was it was it was just brutal, wasn't it, Sam? It was it was yeah. your ten Saurus and Black Orcs against my six Ogres. Um, I assume because of the build, you only had a couple of rerolls. Uh, I think it's two rerolls. Yeah. yeah, two. And I have zero rerolls because I'm going for the J-Man 6-0 build, which has been great fun. And yeah, that was just a game where the ball was just not around. <laughs> no, yeah, we pretty much ignored the ball and played the bash game. And oh, it was just it was, it was good fun. It was a grind. Did I, did I injure one of your Ogres? No, uh, no, I don't think so. I think you, no? I think you knocked him out or something. I've I've had uh, six in the lineup. I think so. I've got away with it so far. Um, how how are you feeling about that team and that build? Oh, it's. I really, I was really looking forward to playing them, and um, you know, I've played I've played two games now, and I'm down to about 700 TV because oh. of your ogres. <laughs> <laughs> Is it time for another team? Um, I've, I've I've always I've always wanted to bounce back from something like this, but nine times out of ten, if I'm playing sort of against the AI, I'll just delete it and make a new team but i think because you know i'm playing against humans yep and it'd be fun to see how i can 
bring this back. No, stick it as well. No, no, nobody's had a level up yet. Oh wow, that's brutal. How, so, yeah. who 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 are your linemen for that team? Who are your journeymen? I think they're all drawn from the primary roster, which would be orcs. So I guess I'll have three orc linemen to fill. At least you can handle the ball a bit better. Dude, that's yeah. going to like triple your team's total ads rating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's not a bad thing. thing. The worst thing about the team is the Saurus have got the movement, but add <clears> one. And the yeah. Black Orcs have got add two, but are so slow. Yep. Even if you can pick the ball up with the Black Orcs, they're not, they're not getting it anywhere. So I love the team from a design concept. I don't like it from a fluff concept, which is not something you hear from me <laughs> massively. But uh, Lisbon and, and, and Orcs together? What are you, what are you crazy? Um, it's a fun build, though. Yeah, uh, I've, so, I've, I've yet to dream up a uh, a fluff background for them. Oh, just money, <laughs> <laughs> just money. It's it's half a lizardman team. They're all their skinks died apart from one, and there were some orcs mercenarying around, and they just picked them up. <laughs> Job done. Talking of Blood Bowl two, Ben, how is your league going? Or how's your league team going? Okay, so I've played games with werewolf teams with a billion trolls against. A halfling team with like 70 tree men. <laughs> I've never had a game more weird than the Chaos Ogre game we had. It was <laughs> a very weird game, and yeah, so I, I got I, to. Was that our first game in the league as well? You and I? Yeah, yeah, one of the first games we ever played against each other as well. I think so, probably, yeah. It's because I tend to um, commission, be the commissioner on a club yeah. night, so I, I tend to drop out. Um, we play a lot of the uh, new people as well. Yeah, it's good to find and take take the, the junior teams and train people in. But yeah, so yeah, you're running a chaos team, proper chaos team, aren't you? Yes, yeah, I've called them, I think, the Immaculate Completion, so yeah. the Slanesh team. <laughs> um, by that, I mean they're pink. There's not much else you could do in Blood Bowl not, not at the moment, no. You can get some dodgy tentacle mutations in there, but yeah. Yeah, which I think I might do, just for, for theme. Um, and yeah... It, it... <laughs> First time playing Chaos, um, I kind of just went for Bash against Ogres. Six Ogres. Doesn't work as, as well as I hoped. Yeah. I, I got um, away with that. Have you, have you got a Minotaur? I can't remember. Yeah, I have a Minotaur. He didn't do a lot of the game. He spent most of the time on his ass. But <laughs> yeah. Um, have you uh, no, just... Have you got any other games in on the league? No, that is the only one so oh, far. Okay. Um, I need to recover from it. There was so many failed dice rolls. I, I Oh, wasn't there one where I did like a five up dodge to a four plus pick up and then a couple of three plus dodges and then failed the GFI? Uh, <laughs> it was either the go for it or you failed, you failed like a three die blitz or something to get away yeah. from the, the, the. Right, Noblars <laughs> are just the superior player. I know it's all about having six uh, six ogres, but Noblars are great. Yeah, so that was a nil nil draw. That was another nil nil draw. I've been quite lucky. I've managed to get four league games in with the Ogre team, and uh, the only two I haven't lost were against you guys. So at least I'm holding face in the wobble world. I did lose to your brother, Sam. Um, oh, yeah. Who was Lee playing? Uh, what team was that? Orcs, I think. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yes, he ran the dreaded. Uh, and the full build. Yeah, the full build. Yeah, I think I lost that one either 1 0 or 2 1. It was by one touchdown. It was a great game. And I got to play against James's Pro Elves. So, Ogres against Pro Elves. It's, it's, you should be, normally you're running up a score with that, uh, with the Pro Elves. And I managed to escape with a 1 0 loss. Okay, not too, not too bad then. No, and a whole bunch of casualties. It was brutal. Um, James managed to sneak away and get the to turnover touchdown, but then there was just no players left on the pitch the second half. It was a real grind, really tight game, really good fun. And 
I'm I'm really enjoying Blood Bowl 2 at the moment. It's a good game. It is. I, I do like the pace of a club night. I like going and seeing the guys, seeing the teams. You, you spend a couple of hours playing a game and it's, it's an experience. And I do like that. And I do like tournaments in person because it's a it's an event. You're part of something. Um, but this is a great way to fill that gap at the moment. Um, and it's it's been great fun. So, yeah, if you're out there and you're playing Blood Bowl 2 on the PC, please come and join us and play some, some great games. Uh, it's, it's a great bunch on there and it's just really good fun to play. And if you do have a regular club night, Try having it over Discord because I had a blast when you were there streaming yeah. the game through Discord. Oh, that was so be. good! I was there painting. We had a, we had about nine people in the chat. It was just like the club again. It yeah, was right. really cool. Everyone was just chatting, playing their own games, watching your stream, and it was just yeah, like Ben said, really it was fun. it was like having you know your your club night again, but just virtual. It's been really yeah. cool. So yeah, tomorrow night, which is club night again, I will be streaming from seven until ten or eleven. We'll see if, if the games come in. So if you guys are around and you're doing some painting or playing some blood bowl, we'll have another good uh, another good chat. So before we wrap up on the hobby, have you guys got anything else you want to talk about? I think that's it. Surprisingly, just keep hobbying. Yeah. Keep keep hobbying. I've got a couple of things to mention. I bought a beholder. Because we were talking about D and D on the pitch, I've got my Beholder miniature, and he is a beaut. Um, it's got a flying stand that is genuinely, I don't know, like half an inch thick, which I'm, tr- <laughs> I'm trying to decide whether I like or not. Um, he's a good size. He's a good size. I've based him as a Blood Bowl giant, so I don't want to like give it away. But there's going to be some some talk about designing Blood Bowl monsters, Sam. I intend to get you back on the podcast in a, a few episodes' time to talk about Blood Bowl monsters. But no, all, wandering monster, then yeah. Mm. See, Sam had a great idea. And uh, endless spells. I picked up the Sylvaneth endless spells for Blood Bowl, and that is a massive clue to what our competition is going to be. Um, <laughs> I just I love the idea of spells in Blood Bowl. Uh, we talked about it. I love the idea of taking D and D basically and making it Blood Bowl or making Blood Bowl yeah. set kind of D and D with wizards and spells and monsters uh, because it's fantasy football. Like I, I love the idea of organized league and professional sports with a bit of fantasy, but I also really like organized sports with a lot of fantasy. So I've been just, just, just hobbying all the stuff um, that I've had lying around or that I could actually order, uh, including a random late night purchase of some three millimeter American War of Independence stuff. Um, <laughs> Like I said, having a a palate cleanser is great. And I was watching the Patriot and I was like, you know what? I'd love to wargame that uh, in in a very tiny scale. So now I've got a little tiny box of hundreds of tiny revolutionary soldiers. So uh, I don't know when I when I when I'm not painting Blood Bowl, I'm going to I'm going to start painting those. Um, But talking of blood and death and things that are red, red coats, see tenuous link. (laughs) <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> Shall we corn, gentlemen? Yes. yes corn away. All right. We will be back in a minute to talk all about corn. Start recording OBS. Craig, I choose you. Now recording. Smashing job. Uh, guys, if you're happy, shall we? One, two, three, clap, clap. Yeah. Yep. Okie dokie. One, two, three. Fantastic. Uh, can we do that again? Sorry. Yeah. The record or the clap? The clap. Yeah, no worries. You good to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. One, two, three, clap, clap. One, two, three. Smashing job. 
Who's getting told off for clapping? <laughs> Sorry, hold on. <laughs> Actually, Tiff does quite often take the bick out of me when I do the clapping. Only when you're trying to sleep, I know, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Are you you okay, Sam? Yep. Are you in trouble? Uh no, no she just she sort of turned around and gave me this look like, what are you doing clapping? <laughs> okay, well what we'll do from now on is we'll do the clicking the fingers and see if any of us will get even more in trouble. <laughs> One, two, three. Uh yeah, no. Okay, so I will edit all of that out um for the image of the show. <laughs> Are you doing a, a bonehead outtakes special? <laughs> I'm always tempted to. I do it for some of the Seven Super Series when uh, when really funny things happen. So everyone is in a bit of a hobby frenzy at the moment. And talking of frenzy, we are going to go through the corn team. And uh, the reason for this is because what we were doing is when we're planning out the podcast, we're looking, what we want to do is we want to cover all of the teams that have got a spike. Uh, when a new spike comes out, we want to do a bonehead basics on that to make sure that we get the information out there as soon as we can. We have not had a new Blood Bowl team now for three months, which is fine. These things happen. We've got 26 teams to play with that are already out, so <laughs> and then Fumble as well. But um, we figured we'd go into detail on Corn because it's not a popularly played team I suppose it's it's a bit I don't know guys would you would you say it was not uh, not mainstream I'd say so like according to NAF stats it's it's gen, uh, sorry generally one of the lower the lower ones in terms mm. of games played so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to talk through the same thing uh, we'll talk through it in the same way that we do with all of our bonehead basics we'll talk through the positionals we'll talk through how to level them up we'll talk through builds for tournaments and build for leagues uh, then in the second part of the episode we're going to talk through inducements and what to take uh, what star players they've got and stuff like that um, but we're also going to touch on what models are out there as well because so i think it's worth having a around the you know round table of hey, there's some good models here you could use these guys you could use these guys what you guys have used because you've both run corn teams right yeah absolutely <clears throat> and that is why we've got you here so before we move on let's bring up the corn roster <clears throat> Right, okie dokie. So Demons of Corn is what it's called. It's called the Demons of Corn team, and it's quite important to know that because there are other corn teams out there. So if you if you Google Corn Blood Bowl team, you might end up in the Secret League part of Bumble. Um, which is not necessarily where you want to be because this is the team. So this is one of the expanded teams that the NAF have allowed in, and uh it originated from Blood Bowl Cyanide, didn't it? I think, yeah, I think the, they, they were in the first Blood Bowl PC game, uh, or was it the Legendary Edition or something? <clears throat> um, but that was the first time I'd ever heard of them as well. Yeah, it was on the Chaos Edition. Right? So Cyanide invented the, I say invented, they created the Corn team, the Bretonian team, um, and I don't believe they created the Slan team because they uh, butchered them and made them all circus people. Um, <laughs> which now I've got a stand team I'm kind of taking personal umbrage to. Uh, but they did, I believe, create the corn team with some elements of, um, of NAF players out there, which is really, really cool. And it is a very peculiar team, but it is allowed in a lot of the NAF tournaments. Yeah. 
which is very cool. So it's good to know about it because you will come across it. It is not on Blood Bowl 2, like Sam mentioned, but it is on Blood Bowl 1. So in preparation for this episode to talk about Corn, because I've only had an opportunity to play against them a couple of times, uh, I bought Blood Bowl 1 Chaos Edition and just spammed a load of games in to um, to really try them out. And they are a heck of a fun team, aren't they? Oh, so much fun. My favourite. Mm. So yes, it is a very frenzy-heavy team. So let's look at the positionals. What we're going to do, guys, is we're going to talk through the stats of the positional and then uh, how best to level them up within the kind of theme of the team. So you get 0-16 Pit Fighters, which are your linesmen. They are 6-3-3-8 and frenzy. Uh, we'll talk about their skills up in a second, but on a stat line, that's 10k more for a human lineman with a frenzy skill. So you're saving 10k, right? It's sort kind of, of. a double-edged sword, isn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> and that is going to be the theme. So, Sam, lead in <laughs> with that. You've got 16 linemen, and they've all got frenzy. What happens? Well, I mean, when you're playing with a team with this much frenzy, I think you, you're you looking for that the, 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 the surf every time. You're looking to see who's, <laughs> who's two squares away from the edge and thinks that they're safe, and you can get them off the pitch. Problem is... Surfing someone leaves you on the edge of the pitch as well because you have to follow up, don't you? You have no mm -hmm. choice. If you if you block with Frenzy, uh, you're going where they are. Yep. And then they'll take the opportunity then to just shove you off the pitch next turn. <clears throat> Generally speaking, yeah, that is the case. So the deal with the Demons of Corn team is that this is a team that worships the Chaos God Corn. Uh, ben, can you give us a quick rundown on what Corn is? Yeah, he's the god of um, rage of I, I like to think he's more like a god of like honor almost where he doesn't believe in all things magic that's uh <laughs> he does not like that he prefers a bloodthirsty honorable jewel um, that, that is definitely something we will have to touch on later whether he likes magic yeah or not. <laughs> um but yeah it's generally the he's the blood god he he cares not where the blood comes from where it flows uh if someone's getting cut open he's happy Blood for um, the so blood I think that's god. kind of where frenzy comes in because you know yeah. it hurts you just as much as it hurts them. That's yeah. very cool. One. You're right. They love carnage. They love combat. They love uh, martial prowess. They love winning. And uh, yeah. yeah, blood for the blood god. Skulls for the skull throne, which is probably one of the most Warhammer sentences out there. Yeah. Yes, everyone's heard yeah. it. Even probably non-Warhammer players have probably heard Blood for the oh, Blood Gods. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, generally in their games, they're a big bunch of barbarians with some very stabby demons. And we'll come to the demons in a minute. So you've got your pit fighters. They're 60k. They move 6, strength 3, edge 3, armor 8. That's not bad at all. They come with frenzy. The cool thing about them is that they get pass access and general for normal level ups. Yeah. yeah. Which, Which I good. hadn't really considered. Um, it's it's handy because you'll, we'll start to see as we talk about the rest of the roster, but they're quite an expensive build. They're an expensive and to build. Rerolls is quite hard. And the rerolls are seventy k. Yeah. yeah. So having access, easy access to leader, is probably going to be one of the first skills you take on a. Absolutely, mind. and whether that's a league thing. Uh, so yeah, you're right. I can save up to get one hundred and forty k to take my other my next reroll, or I can just use this pit fighter to do it for 20k or if you're doing a um a tournament you can spend that 20k giving them a skill or just use a free skill to get it and then you get that 70k for the rest of your team which means you can upgrade some guys into some of your positionals um so good yeah. skills for these guys what have you guys found to be very useful other than leader which is a great skill always 
Sam, what have you found? Um, so in was it Tombstone or was it? So you I ran think... them. At, you ran them at Tombstone and at Fobble Wobble, didn't you, Sam? Yeah, that's right. I think both times I took sure hands on the on at least one pit fighter. It, you need some. Well, you don't need something uh, to ensure you pick up the ball because not every team has that sure hands. But it's. I mean. That's half a game, isn't it? <laughs> it definitely. <laughs> that's the ball part of Blood Bowl. I feel like Corner's got the blood bit covered. I mean, yeah, exactly. I, like... Oh, sorry. Sorry, you go ahead. No, carry, carry on, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I really liked having kick, but, you know, <laughs> I said that yeah. a bunch of times in the podcast is kick <laughs> is a valuable skill. It's like, um, a, it's like a tournament staple, isn't it? It's like, okay, you can have X skills. Can I get kick? Can I get shorthands? Can I get leader? And then I'll use the rest, uh, no matter how you know, <laughs> how other way. If you encourage, if you can kick towards one side of the pitch, you encourage them to go to one sideline, and that is yeah. where they want to be when you're playing corn. Uh, well, yeah, you're exactly right, actually. So kick is a great shout, Ben. Um, yeah. I have got kick on one of my corn teams. I'm pretty sure I have, and the reason for that is I like to keep it tucked in, real close to the line of scrimmage. Um, yeah, you're gonna be able to murder some guys on the front, and you're gonna put that pressure on them picking up the ball. Normally, they've used their movement to get to the ball, so they can't fall back particularly far. And you should be able to get either a decent blitz on the ball carrier with frenzy, because even your linemen have frenzy. So you're getting two blocks if you can position properly. Absolutely huge play. Um, block is very efficient on them, but if you're running yeah. in a if you're running a league or a tournament, these guys kind of have to you 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 got to try and make up actual blood bowl skills with the alignment a little bit yeah yeah i think once i've got a leader and a kicker i think i'll just be putting block on everyone honestly yeah block block spam's not bad sam anything anything different for you on the pit fighters uh not on the pit fighters well block on the pit fighters yes um kick i agree with but not see when you said you kick short i'd kick long Really, I think I, th I think we've disagreed on this before, actually. Yeah. Um, because with all the frenzy, the last thing I want is a massive melee around the ball. Because if I need to 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 block the ball carrier, the frenzy might carry me in, you know, two or three die uphill block. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really, really, really yeah. good point. Um, and it really depends on how your team is is tooled up and uh, who you're playing against. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, true. Yeah. <clears throat> Because, yeah, you're right. You need to make sure that your frenzy blocks are going to be in a decent position. So it's not the only positional, and they are there to support uh, the rest of the players on the pitch. And we've got three demons to talk through now. And the first one is going to be the blood letters. They are 80,000, so less armor, same movement, same strength, same agility. These guys have got horns, juggernaut, and regeneration with normal access to general agility and strength so guys the blood letters what do you use them for how do they play talk to me about blood letters i think these are the core of the team if i'm honest these yeah. are the best players in the team i found um the lack of frenzy is might be why um but also the access to a gym standard that's all right bless you okay. um they're, they're just really good because of the lack of they, they do exactly everything you want i think when i ran them in a tournament I had them as the ball carriers, like yeah. the primary blitzers. Yeah, they just did everything. So I'm going to absolutely agree with you on that one, Ben. I, nothing wrong with putting sure hands on a pit fighter, especially in the league, if you get them first. But my blood letter, when he first leveled up, I went with sure hands straight off the bat. He doesn't have frenzy, but he can blitz away 
at strength mm -hmm. four. So you should be able to one die, uh, not one die, but one action of blitz with horns. You should be able to get two dice, whether you've got supports or whether you're, you're, you're just using your blitz action on him to level him up to strength four. Get that two die block. Push the opponent away. You don't have to follow up because he is less angry than everybody else. Uh, and then as a ball carrier, you can move him away. So him having sure hands... I think is a really key part of normalizing the corn team because this is the only player, this is not a spoiler, this is the only positional on the team that doesn't have frenzy. Uh, so you can do that blitz. He's got jugs. He comes with block, basically. If you blitz with a blood letter, if he's got the ball, two dice, block is even... Jugs is better on a blitz if you're trying to escape than block. Because if they've got blocks, nothing. But if they've got block, you've got jugs, you're blitzing, that's a yeah. push. You've just yeah. essentially taken a dodge action to hurt them. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you think about it, you're pushing them yeah. away, which frees you up. And you get a free shot at punching them down and getting more SPP. And then you can run off and score a touchdown. I have found that corn can break out of cages very well. I did this at, uh, at Fobble. I agree, yeah. They... Um... Mine was a herald, actually, because, specifically because he's got frenzy, because you can block twice to get out of a cage. Okay. So you blitz with the bull carrier with frenzy, horns, and juggernaut, and he's going to punch his way out of that cage and be out of all of the tackle zones and can just run. Bold strategy, Cotton. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> because you can end up in just as much trouble. So we will circle back to the bloodletter, we'll, but we'll bounce straight to the corn heralds. So you can take four bloodletters, and you can take two corn heralds. These guys are 90, 633, 8, so better armor than the bloodletter. Uh, frenzy, horns, juggernaut. So no regeneration, but they do have frenzy instead. They come with general and strength. So... The difference between these two players is really small. And one thing uh, which if you guys caught my streams this week while I was playing Corn, you will realize that they look real similar. The only difference on Blood Bowl 1 is that the Heralds have capes. And uh, when you're playing <laughs> Blood Bowl 1, that's not a great bit of difference. And I kept confusing the two. But yeah, Sam is right in that if you're frenzy with horns, you're generally making two two-die blocks to get out there, and these guys have got jugs as well. So the bit about actually turning blocks, uh, turning both downs into pushes, is still true. Uh, it depends whether you are a push-away, run-away kind of coach, which, as I'm scaven through and through, makes a lot of sense, uh, or if you're just going to punch your way through the opponent. And to be fair, these guys do that really well, Sam. Absolutely, yeah. They, um, like I was saying... Um... Frenzy, Blitz, push your way out, and then you don't need to make a dodge to get away to run. So what what is the difference between these two teams? Uh, between these two teams? <laughs> let's, 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 <laughs> let's, let's bring it back and just talk about one team for now. Uh, Bloodletters and Corn Heralds, what is the difference of them on the team? See, I, I treat the Heralds like Blitzers. They're, they're on the wing. They're there looking for the Surf because they've got the Frenzy. Uh, Bloodletters are more fragile. They've got regeneration, but Armor 7, I think, makes a big difference. Armor 7 to Armor 8. It, it, it does, statistically, yeah. I, I feel like I, I play them differently. Uh, they're my linchpins for me. They, they're the ones that back up the rest of the team. Because of Well, I, I played them in mainly tournament. Yeah. yeah. So should, should we just say the difference is you swap Regenerate on the Bloodletter Demons for Frenzy on the Corn Herald. And they gain an armor and you pay 10k for the pleasure. 
That's it, yeah. 10k for the armor up is pretty good, but that frenzy is a kind of a balance. It's a balancing point because, as Sam said, right at the beginning, you, they can get into trouble. If you're not careful with your blocks, they're going to get into trouble. And I think we've got a really interesting build choice here in that these players both do a very similar thing. Horns and Juggernaut, 633. Uh, but you can choose, like, like, like Ben said, you can choose to give a guy frenzy and a bit more armor to protect him. Um, or you can choose to have regenerate and it's about that frenzy and i think the blood letters are really important but i i, I mean we'll talk about this in builds but i normally run one uh, just one just to be my ball carrier mm -hmm. because actually i love that strength for blitz to, to get away from situations or to blitz through or to you know to do that but when we talk about these guys that with frenzy with no frenzy the biggest skill on this team that you need is say need but uh, is real tasty guys is is guard isn't it oh so much yes and i think from some of your tournament builds uh guard has played quite it's certainly been on the cards anyway hasn't it yeah i stuck guard straight on those uh heralds the armor rate kind of keeps them around a bit longer armor the, uh, yep, armor rate yep does absolutely and did you hunt in packs or just individually uh i generally try to to pack it uh so I kind of place, I try to place the guard around the pitch where you know you're going to be frenzying into. So you can get the assist on the first block, but then you've got to make sure the guard is there. You've got to make sure you have another player to assist on the second block and guard kind of eliminates that kind of thinking. So you can stick guard just smack bang in the middle. And as long as they don't have guard, you're usually kind of helping you out with that frenzy. How about you, Sam? Did you end up using much guard with your builds? I didn't. Uh, probably stupidly. I'm thinking about it now. I should have done. Um, you were, were quite interesting with your build. Your build yeah. was was amazing. So, um, I, I guess I'll, we'll talk about the bloodthirst when we get there. Oh but yeah. I, um, the so tombstone I took block, which I think was a mistake because they have juggernaut. So it's kind of almost a wasted skill. It's know? a defensive skill in a very Absolutely, offensive yeah. team. But would you benefit from taking? dodge on the demons rather than block as a defensive skill um i man that is a really good shout so the blood letters they do get agility as a basic one so you can take the dodge they're they're edge three so dodging away one in nine success into the open field which is quite fun um and yes it's minus one to block them on a dice the same as block it it it, it really depends on how you want to be playing with them actually if you're going to be using a blood letter as a ball carrier getting them to have dodge is probably not bad um that's a really interesting idea uh, but um i don't think well, it would be one of the first skills i take for him though no me neither I, I i mean i didn't take it anyway uh like i said tombstone I went block and then bobble i uh <laughs> i agonized over my list for a long time and we were allowed a lot of skills so they're in this team you get what seven demons in total uh, up to seven demons, yep, yeah, totally, yep. Yeah. So I took all the demons and was I think we were allowed... To, the skills were purchased, weren't they? Yeah, the this was up. the World Cup Day 2 build, so I think you so, had something like 140k of skills or something? It was something like that. I took Mighty Blow on every single demon <laughs> on my team. Thinking, that's a great idea. We'll, we'll, no one can score against you if there's no one left to score. Uh, but, so how, how did you finish on that day? <laughs> I can't remember where I placed overall in the tournament. You came, um, did you not go 2-1? Two, 2-1. One? Two, one. 
Uh, yeah, to be fair, yeah. I, I, did, I, but, I mean, the first match was against Ogres, and that was a tough one. Uh, then Lizard Men again saw a strength four tough one, and then the dreaded Orc build. I just felt outstrengthed everywhere. And when Ben mentioned guard just now, um, I would have benefited from guard so much more than Mighty Blow in that tournament. It protects you for your blocks. And I think, yeah. I think we should just do the, um, the the public service announcement about Frenzy. And one thing I have learned from playing uh, this team, and just Frenzy in general, because I love a bit of Frenzy on some of my players, uh, always be looking at where your second block is going to be. Mm-hmm. Assume you're going to make that. Assume your first block is going to be a skull and a push, and that you are going to be making that second block. Always plan for that. And frenzy becomes your friend and not your enemy, in my experience. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Uh, because there'll be a lot of situations where, okay, your guy doesn't have frenzy. It's a two die up block. Am I going to take that? Probably at the end of my turn if I've got nothing else to do. If a frenzy block, your first one's looking like a sexy two dice, and then you're going in, and your second block will be two up, so a negative two dice. Assume that's your block, um, and you will escape it. And I don't know. Another tip I've got with frenzy is that uh, buddying up is amazing. Yeah. Having two guys, your pit fighters have frenzy. So if you just put two pit fighters together, you can frenzy circle around, and you get a whole load of two nice blocks. And yes, it can go wrong, but if someone's on their own, or you can find a way to separate their team and just pair up, you, you you're going to have a great time. The other thing is uh, using frenzy to to sort of feed players to other players. If you yeah. know you're going to get pushes, you ser- you push someone towards your other player so that you can get that other the other block in. Absolutely. And that becomes uh, more important as you level up your team. And so both the Bloodletters and the Heralds do get strength access. So if you don't want to go the guard route and you don't want to use sure hands or block at level upgrades, you can just go the uh, Sam Frenzy garner approach and go mighty blow and at that point like sam says using those frenzies to push them into um so you know you, i'm gonna get two dice i'm gonna get two blocks here if i don't take him down then he's gonna be right next door to that herald and that herald's got mighty blow and he's gonna have another crack at it with two dice and and it it will maim the opponent and it, it seems like a bold strategy but it, it it's not a bad one it's it's really not a bad one Absolutely, I, 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 it, I did sort of come unstuck against the ogres. There was uh, so without tackle or block, um, the noblars were an absolute nightmare to put down. <laughs> and I spent I spent one turn ping ponging this one noblar around between my players, trying to put him on the floor. I must have rolled about I don't know twelve block dice on this one noblar, trying to get him on the floor, and it just wouldn't happen. Sometimes it just does not matter. And actually, you know what? Let's talk about sidestep. When it comes to oh, frenzy, frenzy. <laughs> hitting a guy with yeah. sidestep can lead you on a very merry chase, and that is a very dangerous thing to do. So you've got to be careful. Yeah, and just yeah, noblars are risky because they've got dodge. Um, and yes, you're rolling a whole load of dice, but but they get to sidestep around, and they're probably not far away from ogres, and you could end up failing to yeah. take down a noblar and ending in base contact, and you know that next turn you're getting a strength five hit against your guy who does not have any skills. Um, and yeah, you, the, it, the tide can turn real quick. Yeah, if there's a side yeah, step, rem, 
you go ahead, Sam. <laughs> I was gonna say, if there's a sidestep piece, just just say no. You might see it on the edge of the pitch and think, oh, I'll, I'll have a go at him. And then you've hit, you've thrown the block and realise he's just going to sidestep. And worse, he's going to leave you on the side of the pitch after the sidestep. It's it's no fun. So, frenzy. Um, I think we can sum up with three things. Surfing players is easy, fun, but risky. <laughs> yes. um, tag teaming. A couple of frenzy players against one enemy player is a, the great way to do it. And the third tip for frenzy is just expect that second block to happen and be okay with it. If it's going to end up a great block, great. If it's going to end up a one-die block and you're prepared and you've got the reroll, great. But you're making that second block. Like You might get lucky, you might get unlucky, but otherwise you're making that block, <laughs> so be prepared for it. And I think that probably comes in handy more than anything when we are going to be talking about this next player. So you get 0-1 Bloodthirsters, 180,000. I think that's the most expensive player in the core game, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. Uh, yeah you, it. you hit 200, I think, when you look at some of the greater demons in the fumble teams. But that, yeah. that this guy's this guy is top money. Uh, he is 6519. So at the moment, he's a slightly faster, slightly clumsier, slightly... Well, he's just a fast ogre, a fast croxagore. No, he's just mm. a croxagore right there. But he See, comes with some skills. Yes. So, Loner, Frenzy, Wild Animal, Claw, Horns, Juggernaut, and Regeneration. This oh, guy's a beast. A package. Yeah. So, he is I a mega Minotaur. <laughs> he's he's yes. a blitz machine. He's just... Uh, you can't stop him. He is an absolute blitz machine. So, um, your Strength 5, he's got Wild Animal. And Wild Animal kills you on Blood Bowl 1 because unlike in Tabletop where Wild Animal works on a 2 plus if you're making a block on Blood Bowl 1 it's just 4 plus forever it's rubbish oh, yeah really yes yeah, uh, really oh, frustrating and very confusing I'm like cool I'll blitz with the Bloodthirster because you know me guys if you've seen any any of the uh, the Sevens <laughs> shows uh, that we've done you know I can't turn down a, a big guy blitz um, even when it's a very bad idea uh, but generally speaking with a Bloodthirster it's a great idea it's never a bad idea to blitz with this guy and uh, so I'm going to use an anecdote here. Uh, running some corn games against the AI to get me leveled up on corn, get my team leveled up, and I end up corn versus corn, right? Oh, yeah. Oh no. And uh, I'm down several hundred TV. Uh, we'll talk about my inducements in a bit because I'm going to get judged severely uh, by the theme police. But yeah, uh, Bloodthirster on Bloodthirster action. Uh, went straight in with this guy on a blitz first time clawed their bloodthirster broke its ankle and uh, it was out for the game and I won the Pacific Rim battle I, I got the kaiju kill um, <laughs> and honestly that was just a complete equaliser at that point on team value and I think the point of that story is that the bloodthirster is probably the ultimate big guy killer he is he so is yeah, it was. It's the frenzy. It's the strength six blitz with frenzy with claw and jugs. That, Don't forget jugs and jugs. Yeah, exactly. So you're even breaking through stand firms. You're breaking through. But it's just blocks, it's just know? almost yeah. reliable. I think it's yeah. <laughs> it's the the most reliable big guy action you could take because he kind of comes with block, given that you're gonna be blitzing with him. Um, yeah. So he gets strength access on a normal. There's only one skill, isn't there? Guard. Yes. 
What? No. What? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's strong arm, strong arm bloodthirsters all the way. Uh, no, yeah, mighty blow. It's the first skill fight, in any team. Like even before Ben puts kick on a, any player on his build in corn, I guarantee mighty blow is going on that bloodthirster. Yeah, the bloodthirster might as well just be 200k and and come with mighty blow. <laughs> Honestly, no, no one's yeah. ever uh, not going to pick that. The blood god makes you earn it, Sam. <laughs> yeah, that is, I love that theme. Yeah, <laughs> it makes you, you know earn what, I'm it. Not, I'm not even mad about it now. <laughs> no, you, you've got to earn it. Once you've earned it, you've got that level two bloodthirster with mighty blow, um, and he really starts going to town. But he, he's going to get casualties straight off the bat anyway. Claw is huge. I think he is the only player that comes with claw as standard. Were werewolves? Yeah. Oh werewolves. yeah, werewolves. Forgot about those guys. But I would yeah. rather take a bloodthirster than a werewolf. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, if you do get a doubles though, would you take block? No. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that because I, I almost had block in my tournament build with a bloodthirster as like a second skill, obviously. I, I um, do think yeah. I think mighty blow first, and then yeah, you've got the option of that. Uh, I I can't think of another skill I'd want to give the bloodthirster. Um, Mighty Blow first, because it's that's what he's there to do. Mighty Blow Claw, just great fun when you're blitzing most of the time with three dice, because you only need one support. And if you're playing a corn team, by game three, you're going to understand how to support uh, Frenzy Blitzes. And um, you're going to be rolling three dice, followed by three dice with Juggernaut, which is going to save you from those both down results. And he's going to be seven plusing everybody to yeah. at least stun them. Um, this guy is the closest thing to a cruise missile on the Blood Bowl pitch. <laughs> and I adore it. Absolutely adore it. I'm a huge Minotaur fan. This guy is a, is just a very spiky Minotaur. Yeah, absolutely. So we we should consider this, though. So the, the BT is going to get to that level to after a couple of games in a league. He's going to get those casualties. He's a big chap, so he's not going down all that easy as well. So he might even get defensive casualties. You, you give him Mighty Blow. Uh, on your next one, he might get a double, you might get block. Is there any other skill that you think would be great on him? Still guard. I'd take guard on him, just because it helps the rest of the team out. I would... Uh, I'd, I'd go break tackle. Yeah, there it is. That that would be my no, suggestion as well. How did I forget that? <laughs> like, you said, like you said, he's a cruise missile, and he needs... It, when he's blitzing, uh, he strength six. Yep. So that's his add six when on his dodge. Ah, uh, you don't yes. get that if you don't no? get the horns bonus. No, it's your base strength. I checked oh, this. Really? Yeah, because I thought I thought about blood, uh, break tackle being good for um, beastman. I was like, yeah. dodging away add four. It doesn't work quite like that. Uh, I thought that the that horns made you strength four for the duration of the turn of your blitz, or is it just uh, it's for the block action? It's for the block it's action. Part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, I'm pretty sure Sam. It did used to be written like that. Uh, because I had the same thing. I was like, well, this makes you strength four this turn. This is magical. I'm I'm edge four, or edge six in this case. Uh, but it doesn't matter, because edge five, when you're breaking away or blitzing into something, is yeah. pretty awesome. That's a one-plus dodge attempt. So you're blitzing into one tackle zone on a two-plus, two tackle zones on a three-plus. That is not bad odds. If you want to break that cage and you're dodging into three tackle zones on a four-plus... That's a that's worth a punt sometimes to land that blow. He's got yeah. strength six. You're going to be doing two dice. It doesn't even matter about supports. Um, you've got to watch for their guard, but mm. yeah, you, yeah, it's 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 not bad. Break tackle, definitely recommended on the bloodthirster. I was thinking more about getting him away from other players to target but, another one. You mean? 
yeah so like i'm going to use the ogres here again as, as, a, as a uh the guy knew what he was doing he was just feeding noblars to this yeah knowing that i was just going to have to bat them around the pitch <laughs> and never get them on the floor if uh, i had break tackle i could have just waltzed away and then ripped open one of his ogres absolutely had the exact same thing in um beachhead when i was playing against undead um I Zombie. think I killed one of my opponent's mummies off the bat. And then from there, he was like, oh, okay, this guy will take out the mummies. And so he just tagged them as zombies every time. Yeah, have, have a zombie, have a zombie, have a zombie. Yeah. yeah. No, so Bloodthirsters are fantastic. They're really strong, but they are also, like you guys said, quite easy to counter. And they can be a massive hindrance to the team, in my opinion. So could be an unpopular opinion, but... I find myself stuck with a Bloodthirster that I don't want to blitz with because I want to blitz with a Corn Herald or my Ball Carrying Bloodletter um, to act because actually I can get that strength for two dice blitz with one of these guys without risking the failure um, and it ends up with my Bloodthirster either stuck on his own, not doing anything because I cannot roll over a four when it comes to yeah. Wild Animal um, and I think that's something you've got to be really, really, really aware of uh, that you think blitzing with him is going to be amazing and on the defense it absolutely is but on the offense actually it will and can be a hindrance mm. I don't know if you guys ever found that when you were running your corn teams I have had that in league where he wasn't killing quite as much because I didn't have the mighty blow on him mm -hmm. um, often players just leave him alone um, and he does get stranded like you say yeah gets and... stranded gets tagged by a zombie um, yeah and Okay, he gets tagged by a zombie, that's fine. I can blitz, murder the zombie, then I can move on with my life. But by that point, you might want to use your blitz action elsewhere. So it, it's kind of, yeah. here's a better Minotaur, but in a team where the blitz is worth more because you've got other very good options for blitzing. Um, it's weird with the corner, isn't it? You've got so much invested across the team into the blitz action. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can never do a bad blitz with corn, but you can only do one. And you you kind of pay for it. Like your players are expensive. Yeah, you, um, you know you're running four, five, six horns players. Yeah, and juggernaut, and yeah, so you've got a lot of TV invested into horns and juggernaut, which you only use once per player per turn. Exactly. So, so we will round up the team by saying their rerolls are 70k. You get the apothecary, and you get all the usual uh, sides and starters. So tactics wise, though, on the line, the bloodthirster. Is he, is he a lineman? Do you put him on the line, or do you have him back a bit? I used to set him back, sort of two, three squares off the line. How about yeah, you, Ben? Same. Yeah? yeah. So I, it depends for me on obviously the team that we're playing against. But one thing I have found very, very useful and has worked in many games is if I am receiving, put the bloodthirster bang in the middle of the line because there's normally one or two players lined up on the middle section, then two heralds next door to the bloodthirster, and then two pit fighters next door to those. So it goes fighter, herald, thirster, herald, fighter. I've found this really, really, really beneficial because you should be able to, from one way or another, get a two-die frenzy block with the herald on the left, followed by another one because he's got frenzy, a two-die frenzy block with the herald on the right. Then you can move both of those pit fighters in to support the thirster to get him that three-die double block. This has worked for me multiple times, um, particularly only when you're facing a team that only wants to put three guys, so elves, <laughs> elves, skaven, you know, that kind of thing. If you get a bigger team, mm -hmm. 
then maybe not. But actually, if they set up with three, four, five guys on the line who are not guard-heavy or big guys, you can position that fighter-herald, thirster-herald fighter to give you a load of really profitable double locks. Mm. Um, and it's been great for farming SPP and for just opening up the center of the pitch before you do anything else. Um, well, that's not true. <laughs> Tactics. Tactic tick number one with corn is if you're receiving the ball, just move two guys to stand next to the ball before you pick up, before you blitz anything. Just do that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, you I, will I, fail. <laughs> oh, you're going to fail the pickup. So, yeah, I suppose that has to come before absolutely everything else. You're going to fail the pickup with these guys. They're edge three, even if you give them short hands, you're still going to fail the ball. And you're going to possibly fail a frenzy because you're throwing twice as many block dice as your opponent on average, I reckon. So, yeah. Protect that ball. Then go murder. If you fail the murders, that's fine. You can get yourself out of it by murdering some more, but at least your <laughs> ball is protected. Um, but I've found that that five guys on the line, or you know, doubling down, having seven or anything to get that push block away to then get you the strength advantage to go for those free frenzy blocks along the line has been really good for me when I've been receiving. But I completely second what Sam's saying. On the uh, If I'm defending, then it's... Three muggles on the line who are probably going to die. And that BT is three squares back and um, flanked by heralds in the in the wide zones because heralds, and I don't think we covered this, are incredibly good safety players. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Be because you're going to get one blitz on... Um, so, elf catcher, gutter runner. Somebody makes into the backfield with the ball. They're making a break for it. They've put a cheeky little side cage on the go. Do you know what's going to be great against that? A strength four blitz with frenzy and juggernaut. Yeah, and they're better because with the armor eight, like you can take them both down and kind of usually. Be you, okay. you you take the both down, the ball pops out. You're already working hard to position your guys because it's terrible if you don't position them. So yeah, yeah, and that brings me back round to one skill that we've not considered for these guys, which is having a herald with tackle for that deep defense. Oh yeah, no, I, I could I could take that. I might even, no, I was going to say I could even consider it on a blood letter, but either works. They're both pretty similar, but the frenzy is does give you the extra chance if you do care. Yeah. So I give you that for the second uh, second block. So that second takedown. So for a for a league, I think you know you've got pit fighters doing whatever your team needs them to do. You've got the thirster taking mighty blow. You've got the heralds and the bloodletters doing a mixture of things and that's what makes these two positionals very very similar uh, but if you're doing a tournament build or for example for sevens a corn herald with tackle if you're worried about playing in an agile uh, dodge rich environment will do great things and i know this because ulf weriners um with tackle are also beautiful things to defend similar players. Yeah. that's it that catcher gets loose that gutter runner gets loose that ghoul gets loose sam with your undead team that um, that frenzy horns double block with jugs and tackle uh, is going to end that guy's run. And yeah. uh, strip ball is also something to consider too. Because that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. With frenzy are usually likely to get a push. And I, I think we should probably consider this skill as well, not just for the blood ball community because or the meme value, but but leap on a herald might not be the worst thing as well. <laughs> as in, <laughs> Strength four, leap, blitz into a cage, that kind of thing. With frenzy and juggernaut. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, the the initial die roll of a four plus is terrible, but you, you don't have to make you don't have to make any dodges. It's just a four plus forever. If you've got a team reroll kicking around, you've got a seventy five percent chance of that massive horned dude just jumping into a cage and murdering someone, and that is just glorious. So I yeah, I definitely wouldn't say that that was um, optimal building, but it is definitely something that you could do. Uh, to terrify the heck out of people, I would be, yeah. I would be terrified. First of all, by my opponent um, <laughs> for taking for taking leave. Sort of mad man who would do yeah. that. I'm like, right. So this guy's brought corn to a tournament, and he's put leap on a herald. I, 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 I don't know how to win this now because whatever <laughs> I do on a four plus, I, I, I lose, uh, which is which is interesting. Uh, so yeah, you struggled to convince me to take it over guard. I will say that. <laughs> Look, using um, tackle as a safety for one player, great. Um, because tackle on a strength four blitzer with frenzy is 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 a superb bit of kit. So, general tactics uh, for core. Sorry, Sam, go for it. Uh, sorry, I was going to say, um, Ben, you mentioned strip ball. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. With strip ball, is that when you when you push an opponent, they they drop the ball? Yes, is that, right? that is correct. With uh, does, so juggernaut turns are both down into a push. Is that right? Yes, it does. So yeah, I think that synergizes really well then. With juggernaut, you blitz in, turn that both down to a push, strip the ball straight off the ball carrier. And with frenzy, you're usually pushing them away from the ball as well. Again, yeah. so you're free to pick it up with someone else. I haven't considered that before until you just mentioned strip ball. It's definitely worth looking at, and, and yeah, I agree with uh, I agree with Blood Tithe. A, a leaping corn herald with strip ball is a. <laughs> I never said leaping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you know, you can still blitz with them, I suppose. Yeah. I've got my invisible mug on the go. Cool. So I think that uh, that is a pretty constructed chat about the core of the corn team. Um, everybody's got frenzy. You've got a few players that you can build to do what you need them to build. Just try not to forget which one's got the, the, the utility skills because they can take them. They can all take utility skills. Kick, kick off return, sure hands, leader. Um, you, you've got stuff there. You can take your guard. You can take your tackle. Uh, the thing that would make this team really good is guard on the lineman. Um, so if you get a double, a guard lineman would be really good because then you're not using your letters uh, to get that extra guard support. And their armor eight, which is still really good, um, and and I cannot stress the one thing enough. Normally, your lineman, you're like, ah, oh, I can only make a lineman blitz here. It's not great. It's great with these guys because they're frenzy. Like it's fine to blitz with lineman here. If you get one support, these guys are great. Yeah, yeah, you're. It's a lot of dice you're throwing at the opponent. You're throwing a lot of dice. Uh, you don't have a lot of rerolls, um, generally no. speaking. But but yeah, I. Absolutely, absolutely love it. Really enjoying this quarantine. So let's look at builds. So for a league point of view, what are we going to take in our corn team? What's the first uh, thing we start with? Blood test. So I, got to be. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you cannot take a corn team and not take a blood tester. I think I, you could, but I don't know I why disagree. you would. <laughs> Exactly. It's it's possible, but you shouldn't. <laughs> He's the draw, isn't he? Uh, otherwise, no. play yeah. Him. yeah, definitely. So we have got a Bloodthirster for 180. How many Bloodletters and how many Heralds are we taking? This is a League build. So I'd take all, all six. 
Okay, interesting. Both heralds and four, demon, uh, four blood letters. So let's chuck 180k in for the heralds, and then another 320 for all those blood letters. So that gives us seven players at the moment, and then we need to take at least four pit fighters, so that's another 240. That takes us to 920, so that bill gives us one reroll, Sam. Yeah, I think I, 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 I took one less demon. I think I took two. Actually, no. I think I only went for my build two heralds and one blood letter. That is exactly the build I started out with for League as well. Uh, so if you go that route, you get the Thurster for 180, two heralds at 180 as well, uh, a blood letter at 80, which is one, two, three, four players, and then you take seven pit fighters. And everybody knows that seven times six is 420. And then you can sneak in two rerolls to take you to bang on a thousand. And that's the list I started with. I ran two different corn teams and I went with that. My plan was to mix it up and go uh, absolutely all in Frenzy Town, like Sam. But um, I, I found that it actually gave me a pretty well rounded team. Yeah, uh, and I, you get the extra reroll, which is very important. Well, yeah, but I, I think I think the important thing is with Sam's build. Uh, you are if you're playing a tournament. Oh God, just there aren't very many tournaments that are running a thousand TV. It's all right. eleven hundred, yeah. one eleven fifty, and then you go from having one reroll to three, and then a corn team with three rerolls plus the option to take a leader fourth, undoubtedly in your build becomes a powerhouse of a team i think that's uh oh, yeah. would you back me up on that one sam yeah i mean that's why so i've, I've not played them in the league um like I've, I've i've played around with them on blood bowl one um but i've only ever played them in tournaments like you said you get higher tv you can take your re-rolls um and your skills and your skills I think that taking only one blood letter and, and filling the other three slots with pit fighters is a lot more frenzy on the team. I don't know I don't know how that works out. That is a very fair um very fair assessment, but I've I've found that actually really beneficial because it means that no matter where you have a guy free, you're gonna be able to make a decent blitz, I suppose. And now we're back on blitzes again, which apparently yeah. this team is all about the blitz. Uh <laughs> But I found that pretty useful. I've made misplays where I've accidentally used my letter or one of my letters, but I've picked up a second one, um, expecting him to take the, the frenzy and been like, oh, he's not. I get the choice to follow up. What is this? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what this choice is. Uh, so I don't know whether it's just a mindset where you get kind of like, I'm going to frenzy everybody everywhere. But I like it. I, I think it works really well. I, I definitely my, uh... see where Sam's coming from. Sorry, Ben, go for it. Yeah, in my league games, my single letter does most of the work, honestly, because of that safety. He's pretty great. You can, yeah, you can punch your way. Like, he's usually the ball carrier, and it does allow him to, all the rest of the team, kill everything around you. And then when he needs to break through, he can just do the single blitz and then not have to dodge to get out again, which is actually really quite important when you're trying to score. And yep. that's we we only really need the one because like you do a lot of damage with the rest of the guys, especially when you start getting guard on the heralds. Absolutely, so, and yeah. I think another thing that we don't I don't think we've mentioned here is that this team is is actually quite fast. Yeah, there is it's nothing six. wrong with movement six, and, and you're moving two board. squares on your yeah. Sorry, that's, ben. yeah. yeah. 
I was going to say, with each block you make, you're moving two instead of one, so you actually do push up a little bit more. Yeah. Well, one thing I found really, really, really beneficial is there's quite a lot of opportunity to get the odd chain push, uh, to, to push your guys further up the pitch or closer to where they need to be or chain push your own players into a position to block another one uh, without using yeah. that blitz action. It's definitely something to be aware of. But movement 12 is great. You can get a two-turn touchdown with Korn, no problem at all. Unless you yeah. double roll the one into the end zone, but you know that's it always going to be the chance. It doesn't even no matter. No problem at all. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. No problem at all, except it's going to fail. Um, yeah. But yeah, movement six on everybody, so there's no slow link. Um, and we haven't talked about stat ups yet. So stat ups for these players. Is there anything you're not taking? Uh, armor. I'd always take movement over armor. Yeah. Uh, the rest yeah. of it, I'd always take. I'd take edge for any day. <laughs> I, I think I would probably... I would windmill slam strength. Uh, windmill slam strength. Absolutely. See your yeah. strength up. Get it. I would windmill slam edge as well. Yeah. And yeah, given the choice between armor and movement, I would take movement on my letters and my heralds because they're blitzing or running the ball. I'd don't know if I would bother taking movement uh, or armor on a pit fighter. I'd take strength, I'd take edge, I'd make them the ball handler or just another strong piece. Uh, I probably wouldn't bother with movement or armor and I'd just go for a gen general um, general skill for those guys. But otherwise, I would take movement on all of these guys. Mm. Yeah. Actually, yeah, you're right. I would think I would rather take block as the first skill over a movement or armor on on the pits yeah. yeah and uh thurster movement seven oh yeah what do you yeah. think oh definitely definitely yes okay so cool. one, one thing to watch out for is the uh being forced to make a go for it on your second block with frenzy yeah uh, so an extra movement on the blood thurster would be amazing sam that's a really good point yeah he now he's blitzing further than the minotaur uh but Whoever you're trying to blitz is always going to be on that edge of needing at least one go for it to get them uh, if they're playing properly. So yeah, having the extra movement will save you that rolling a one and he's got loner and no one has in the history of Blood Bowl ever successfully made a loner roll when you need it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's That's the true. worst version of going for it into the end zone. So yeah, movement's great. Uh, would you fancy a strength six Bloodthirster? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> blitzing straight in there for those three dice blocks. Edge yeah. two, I wouldn't even touch. Wouldn't even bother. No, no, definitely not. And armor wouldn't even bother as well. You'd take the movement over that, wouldn't you? Yeah. So actually, here's here's a good question. So you got your thirster. You roll um, ten, and you can give him movement seven, or you can give him mighty blow straight off the bat. What do you do? Mighty blow. Yep. Always mighty blow. I agree with he that one. Uh, strength. You roll strength on the Thurster. What do you do? First skill. I think I'd go strength over Mighty Blow. I think I would too. Yeah. Ben, what do you think? Yeah, I'd take strength. Cool. It, it, there's it there's just, a big reason for that too. It, it would give him you know, more opportunity to get those favourable three die blocks. Yeah. More opportunity to get armour breaks, casualties, skill him up quicker. So the great thing about blitzing with um, the, the heralds of the letters is that they end up with strength force. So that follow-up block, if they've got frenzy, is... Not normally, I wouldn't say safe, but it's normally pretty decent. Like you can get away with it. Uh, so that strength on any player is really key with a frenzy team because they can generally start merrily 
just blocking for the sake of blocking and i think uh, i would always take strength over block with a frenzy team because you just get a chance they're just safer they're just safer yeah like it's fine defense and offense so for a sevens team because <laughs> big big on sevens of the bonehead podcast i'm thinking a thurster one herald one letter four pit fighters and that leaves you with 10k what do you think to that build i don't think i can complain at that i think the uh, see, I really like the letters. I could yeah. consider upgrading or pseudo upgrading a letter to a herald to use that extra ten k. Actually, um, that's not bad. But yeah, having the the safe block is really nice in this team. I love heralds. I think they have become one of my favourite positionals in the entire game uh, because they're just hench. They're just they're just yeah. hench. They're just absolute yeah. warriors. And uh, I I really wouldn't mind a double herald build instead of the thurster in sevens instead of the thurster instead of the thurster yeah it's the only situation i can see that being an acceptable thing uh because actually in sevens if you're if you've got the opportunity to have two guys that they they can they can frenzy blitz that strength form obviously only one per turn but it leaves you two anchor points and you get 90k to then spend somewhere else in your team i think it's really worth considering um the bloodthirster takes up almost a third of your points in sevens and I, uh, you know, a Minotaur is a quarter of your points and can be a tricky asset, but you normally got a couple of high strength guys to follow up with. That Thurster goes out, you're left with medium, I think, if you, uh, if you don't bolster up. Anyway, could be controversial, but definitely worth considering yeah. if you're running corn in sevens, which I don't think anyone has, and I think it needs to happen. Uh, and I, we'll come to models on this team in a second. Um, so, tournament lists. Uh, have either of you got a tournament list ready for us to run through? If you don't, that's fine. But if you do, it'd be great just to hear it. Um, I can get one up while you talk about something else, or unless Sam has one. I've got both of mine up right now. We can. Oh, brilliant. Through, I mean, the fobble wobble everywhere. So hit us, <laughs> hit us with fobble wobble. It's pretty easy, but it'll be useful to know your positionals. Now, fobble wobble was the World Cup day two build. Um, so it was an interesting, interesting mix of stuff, but actually it, it, it broke out quite even to a lot of tournaments. So Sam, what did you take to Fubble Wobble? So I took the full roster of uh, demons that you're allowed to bring. That's so that's all seven. The yep. first, the two heralds, four letters, and then five pit fighters. So twelve players all in. Yep. Uh, every single demon got mighty blow. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I, I didn't realize I'd be up against such high strength teams. You know, ogres, uh, lizardmen, and and orcs really. You got a lot of strength. You got a lot of strength there. It's um, if I, if I've been evens, you know, strength three against strength three. If I come up against, if I come up against elves or a human team or something, come up, the mighty blow would have come into it a bit more. But yeah, you would have had some I, jolly good murdering. For for a really block heavy team, I was not allowed to dice <laughs> because of because everyone was so much stronger than me. Um, I took leader on one of the pit fighters. That was the free leader, I think everyone got. Uh, no, that would have been a skill. That okay. would have been a, that uh, would have been a skill use. How many rerolls on your team rostered? Two paid for, and then the leader. Yeah, so you went for the yeah. That's it, and that's what we were talking about earlier. Is the advantage of having a leader doesn't take a double, can save you seventy k to spend on um, yeah on something else. So three rerolls. The, the saved money. I managed to get sure hands on another pit fighter, and that was that. 
1.3 million all told. Yeah, that's a big team. Uh, Yes, the Mighty Blow seems a little bit uh, glory-seeking, but it is a corn team, and uh, you didn't end up bad in that one, did you? (laughs) No, like I said, I'd love to have been able to to really rip and tear some teams, but it just wasn't, wasn't allowed on the day. With some decent dice, that could have been absolutely horrific. Yeah. Okay, do either of you have another list to go through? Uh, I could chat about my beachhead one. Go for it, man. That's most. That's quite recent. So yeah. So this is the one I took in February. Um, sim- uh, similarly, mighty blow on the uh, on the Thursday. Obviously. Um, so, so this build, uh, we should probably say this was a. I think eleven fifty. It was twelve fifty total, but I think wasn't it one fifty in player upgrades. It was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was eleven hundred build. Uh, with 100k yeah. upgrades for tier 1, 150 for tier 2. So, corn tier 2, you got 150 of player upgrades. So, that's stats, skills, whatever you want. Yeah, so I basically bought six, uh, no, seven normal skills. Um, so, yeah, that uh, basically, yeah, so the one normal skill was Mighty Blow on the Thurster. I did two heralds with both with guard. Oh, so, brilliant. I used them as guard pieces. Going like to, little linchpins, which to, I said to max out the frenzy strength. Yep. Yeah, and then I had three build your own player type bloodletters. <laughs> where one with kick, one had sure hands, and one had strip ball. Amazing. So had a different role. Um, and then a leader, obviously. Yeah, so I had two rerolls base, and then one leader, uh, lineman. So pointer. yeah, so uh, the the three reroll mark, whether you're using it with skills or uh, with actual team build, puts you in a pretty good place. You you have the strength. Now, while you think a load of frenzy means I'm going to need a load of rerolls, actually, you kind of have the strength to pull it off quite a lot of the time. Where three rerolls feels good. And one thing I will say is, if you're playing league and you're down for a hundred k of petty cash, you get a reroll. And we'll talk about inducements in the next segment. But yes, rerolls are key for this team. Not quite as key as slan, but very close. Yeah, yes. I think I think I may have had. 10 no i think i was actually sorry 1100 on the nose i was going to say it could be i could have swapped out a pit fighter for a reroll because i had 12 players would you have no, wanted, would, would you have wanted to do that sure. so on your list you both took 12 players yeah uh, it's nice to have a sub it's very yeah. useful to have a sub because like you said there is an opportunity for you to make that miscalculation on a second frenzy block or to end up close to a side and lose a guy and just through fighting you're going to lose a guy that armor armor 7 yeah. and 8 so it's not bad but, you know, you're having a great time, frenzy, mighty blowing people. Somebody on the other team is going to be doing the same thing as well. So you're probably likely to lose a player. It uh, feels like a control team and having the numbers is, is good. So important. That's it. I mean, yeah. the, the letters have got regeneration. You can't rely on it, but it's it's just a, sort of, it's, it's a nice safety to have, I think. But yeah, I definitely yeah. think it's done. It's a cheeky freebie. Um, so yeah. the other thing to mention, I suppose, is in, your, in, a, in a league... Um, so one thing I found is I went with the Bloodthirster, two Heralds, and the Letter build with two rerolls, and I didn't save up all of my money to get uh, the second reroll. I went and got a second Bloodletter first because I wanted the numbers because that builds only eleven players, and uh, having that extra player is decent. And you, it's up to you what you do. It's up to you whether you build. Get another letter, get an apothecary, which is really not a bad idea either, uh, or save up for that big reroll on number three. Um, I think in league, apothecary or a bloodletter first upgrade, and it's if you can get leader on a pit fighter, take that. Otherwise, just prepare to save a long time for 140k to get that extra reroll. I've I've seen builds out there, um, which is just the thirster and pit fighters. 
They didn't go demons at all. Yeah. And apparently very viable. Well, what do you think? You what do you think to that? I don't you know. I think in that situation, you wouldn't be uh, torn over whether or not Blitz with the Bloodthirster. Yeah, you're going pure frenzy game. Yeah. So, so for nine ninety, yeah, it's you get a BT three rerolls and uh, all fighters. So yeah, you're not fighting over the Blitz, but it's all in on the Thirster. You, your line guys aren't bad, but I just think the Heralds are so good, and the Bloodletters for for twenty k more than a Pit Fighter are just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But you do pay yeah, for it. It gives you the backup. <laughs> you do pay for like, it. Like I had a game in Beachhead where like I think the Bloodthirsters biggest counter is the tree man. I remember we foreshadowed this and he's gonna go up against the tree man and get knocked out in the first block. And you came up that. against four tree men basically. Um, yeah, yeah I think he stunned deep I think he stunned deep brew on his own. Alright that's um, okay. or he stunned a regular tree man. Um but then he had like three others that just came and ganged on him and came out and killed him about the region. And at that point I'm glad I had the demons because if you were playing a team with just the Thurster and Pit Fighters, the Thurster gets taken out in the first block of the game. And you're, yeah. you're probably not going to win that game. <laughs> you're fighting <laughs> uphill. That's what I meant by yeah. the uh, the sevens build of actually. Do you take the BT or do you just go heavy on the uh, the corn demons? Yeah, average it out. Mm. Right, cool. I think that sums up everything I had to talk about uh, the building of the team and the developing of the team. Um, unless you guys have anything else to add, I think I'm good with that. Brilliant. Then we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about inducements for this team, uh, both in league and tournament. Recording. And Craig, you're up, kid. Now recording. Okay. Gentlemen, shall we one, two, three, clap, clap? Mm-hmm. Okay. We don't click, click. <laughs> <laughs> we can well, clap, clap. Tiff's gone to bed, so we can do click, click. We'll probably do click, click. It's fine. So, uh, one, two, three. Sweet. That actually just sounded really jazzy. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> talking of outtakes, we'll just have the last bit, just that. Uh, cool. So we now know how to build a corn team, but how do we keep it alive? Uh, so you are playing in a league. You're playing online in BB1. I don't know if BB1's even online anymore. Let's uh, let's rephrase that. <laughs> you're playing in league, or you're playing online with Fumble slash play against the AI on BB1 because you're bored and want to murder things. Uh, you're going to need to know about inducements for this team, and it hasn't had a spike. And I suppose now is probably the best time to talk about whether you guys think it will ever be canon for Games Workshop. I really hope so. I feel like of all of the sort of the three non-official teams in inverted commas, um, this is the most likely to be official yeah. just because corn is still a thing, especially in like Age of Sigma and stuff. Like corn will always be a thing. Um, so I really hope they embrace it. Um, I'm with you on this yeah. one. Like you said, of all the expanded teams, this one is the most theme current. Slan are gone. They yeah. replaced them with Kislev. Some people like it. Some people don't like it. I don't think it matters because I don't think that team's coming back from Games Workshop. Uh, I don't think we'll see that one. And my views of Bretonians uh, are a bit um, divisive, I suppose. I think they will do a Bretonian team, but I think they will do it with a different roster than they've got out now because of the way it affects third-party models. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah I think they the which is a shame because the Bretonian roster is actually pretty well built. They're all pretty well built. Yeah. Uh, look at this corn team. I've never even touched it, and then the last few weeks playing and looking at it and seeing you guys run it, 
absolutely love it. It gives a, it's a really different team. It doesn't look like it, but it is a really different team. Um, and yes, if you're running this team and you're running in league, you're going to start at 990, maybe flat million. You're going to be, there's definitely going to be an opportunity for you to be down. And we need to talk about inducements. So star players, the NAF most recent updated team list, which I think is maybe still out, maybe not still out. I don't know. We're going to use it anyway. We have got some um, some well-documented star players. So we've got Grashnak Blackhoof, who is 310,6628. Loner, Frenzy, Horns, Mighty Blow, Thick Skull. What do you guys think about taking this guy in a corn team? I, I don't think I could. He's so expensive in a team which is already expensive. He'll be competing with the Bloodthirster. He will absolutely just, be competing yeah. with the Bloodthirster. That's my biggest issue with him. The, the, the frenzy, uh, sorry, the the horns, blitzes. You want honestly, you want on the bloodthirster, don't you? And honestly, I think the bloodthirster does it better. You lose the strength, but you have juggernaut. Well, you have yeah. claw. He's he's <laughs> probably got mighty blow. The difficult thing is, you're exactly right. Grashnak Blackhoof does compete with the bloodthirster. Yes, you may not be blitzing with him, but this guy's already strength six. Yes, he doesn't have claw, but this guy doesn't have wild animal. What does he not? He does not have. He has no nega trait. This oh, is why wow. Grashnak is such a great player. But you kind of want to be using the the, the bloodthirster to to run around and murder stuff, and that is kind of what Grashnak does. Yes, mm. for three hundred k, you can get a strength six player, put him on the line, but he doesn't have jugs and he doesn't have block. So Grashnak, I think, is amazing, but I don't think it fits this team. Unless the reason you're 310k down is because your bloodthirster is out. Yeah. And like, I mean, not in many other teams are going to have it, but, or, or even if they have a Minotaur or something like that, Grashnak will go down quite easily to a Minotaur. He will, with, yeah. With a, with a, with a gun assist. Yeah, you're, Minotaur you're, with assist. You're exactly right. So, Grashnak, good if you have no bloodthirster for bad reasons. Um, can fill that gap in your tactics and your strategy quite quite well because he is blitzing, frenzying at strength seven, which is huge with no nega trait. So he can be great, but I wouldn't take him if you still got your bloodthirster. Uh, we've got Lord Borak the Despoiler. He's three hundred k five five three nine loner block, dirty player, mighty blow. So again, we've got another beefer here, strength five. Uh, he comes with block, which is cool, and mighty blow. Uh, but he is also 300. So what do you guys reckon to him? I quite like him. Um, I mean, if, if you were 300k down through no fault of your own, so you weren't missing the Bloodthirster, yep. then I'd probably take him over over Grashnak. I would take him over Grashnak. I would take him over Grashnak if you didn't... Yeah, if you've got your Thirster, this guy you can deploy on the line. He can be a support. Yeah. He's got block, which means he's got defense and he's got... Um, in internal like integral consistency um, it's a huge price tag and you're already in a pretty good spot with uh, with with punching things yeah yeah um, it's, I, it's another thing where corn is a really expensive team and I don't think yeah. you're over 300k down really if you are Maybe retire your team. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was four hundred and forty down in a in a game with my corn team, uh, which meant I could take the following player: Morgan Thorg, four thirty six six three ten, loner block, mighty blow, 
Thick Skull and Throw Teammate. I could afford Morg. The overpriced ogre. <laughs> I've, I've never used him and I've never seen him used. Morg is pretty great, but he is very expensive. Uh, Rich ran him against my Skaven team and it was basically the Morgan Thorg show. He made it. Oh, really? Yeah, he made it a really tough game. Uh, I was very impressed with Borg. Um, but it is an absolute ton of money. Uh, and yeah, so Morg could be good. Um, but at that point, I think like one of you guys just said, if you are that far down with your TV, either things are going very, very badly or Morg isn't really going to make a difference. <laughs> yeah, I'm fair. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, go for it, I Sam. Think that, I think that even... Even if you could afford him, I might just be tempted to take Borak and an extra reroll. Yeah, I would too. Oh, just because w yeah. when you look at his skills, you, you can't get the throw teammate. So all it is is block mighty blow at strength six. Yep. Realistically, um, the extra strength might be worth it, but Borak strength five on the line. He's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be running the show. I think, and for an extra hundred k. I don't think it's worth it. I so, yeah, I mean, Morg is amazing in stunty teams. As you yeah. got, uh, it's just straight throw teammate. He's got no negatrates. The only thing he's got is loner. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right, Sam. I don't think you get a huge amount more than you would with Grashnak or with Lord Borak for that extra amount. And that extra amount can be a reroll. So we've got two other guys here before we come back to the chainsaw. Uh, we've got Scylla and Fingrim. Uh, so because it is a death zone only player, uh, we've tagged the stats up slightly separately. So Scylla is 5519 Frenzy Thick Skull Claw, Prehensile Tail, Loner Wild Animal for 250k. So go, go for it man. What do you think? I like it. I, I like it. This is basically a uh, Rauger, isn't it? Really? Uh, Frenzy Thick Skull, Prehensile Tail, Loner Wild Animal Claw. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Better, and, arm, better armor, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like him. And he. what I like about this is I'm quite a thematic guy. And this is thematic. <laughs> it's very thematic, actually. Yeah, Scylla is a, a corn champion who got turned into a corn demon beast, essentially. Yeah, it's kind of like gorilla fella. Gorilla fella. Yeah, was he, he blessed so much he became a spawn? Is that his deal? Kind of, spawn? I think... I think so. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, but at 250, that's not that's not bad. For 250, you get a second big guy who, yes, does have wild animal. So he doesn't have horns, but wild animal means you, you, you're blitzing with him quite a lot. He's got frenzy and he's got claw. So if your BT is out, if your bloodthirster is out, then yes, I think this guy for 250 can be can fill that void. Um, and I guess the question the question around whether it's Scylla or Grashnak depends not just on that extra 60k, which can be can be a big 60k, but also around who you're playing. Yes. yes. Absolutely. If you were playing against Wood Elves, you wouldn't bother Scylla. I'd go Grashnak all day long with Wood Elves. Um, yeah. And just, you know, blitz for those sweet frenzy strength seven three die mighty blow shots but yeah if you're uh up against orcs or dwarves or chaos then scylla for 250k gets you that that that, that claw piece uh with a pretty decent two plus frenzy in and you've got prehensile towel so you can put it on the line if you want to um yeah scylla finally found a place where i actually really like this player <laughs> 
I go for it, man. I think, I think I would take him if, even if I still have the Bloodthirster. You take both. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I, I stick the Bloodthirster back off the line so he can see where to blitz. I'd stick Scylla on the line, right in someone's face, and get that free block. Because one animal, two plus on the block as well, not just the blitz. So he'd be right there in the mix, bogging everyone down, clawing people open. And, the, minor to, the, and the, the bloodthirster would be free then to, to cruise missile, like you were saying. So I just had a wicked idea for uh, a Star 7s build using Scylla instead of a bloodthirster. Yeah. Scylla and two of the uh, two heralds and a bunch of uh, pitmen. How cool is that? That's just proper yeah. corn warband time. Um, that is. Though, would would you take Scylla over the Bloodthirster? To get a star player build and to theme it around it, yeah, because it, it, it's... True. So yeah. is, is Scylla an upgrade or a downgrade on uh, on a Bloodthirster? Vanilla. A downgrade, I think. And why is that? Is it because of horns? Horns and Juggernaut. Okay, Juggernaut is huge, especially when yeah. you've got a loner. That's yeah. a really good point. So, yes, I, I like Sam's idea of actually... You can run it on the line, and then you've got him to block with some stuff, uh, and the BT to to blitz in. That's very, very, very cool. I quite like Scylla in corn. Uh, unfortunately, not on Blubber One, so you don't get to run that, which is a bit of a shame because uh, mm -hmm. it's from the Chaos Spike. And then yep. we have got Withergrasp Double Draw. So six, three, three, eight. Loner Prehensile Tail Tackle Tentacles Two Heads Wrestle for a hundred and seventy k. Do you see this guy doing stuff on a corn team? Um, it's weird. It's really weird. I don't really know how to use this guy. So, no. with with the grasp is the ultimate uh, tags a guy in place. So, mm. prehensile tail with tackle and tentacles. If he grabs hold of somebody, they're not escaping. So, he mm. makes essentially a really good safety, and you still got the option of wrestle as well. So, the whole thing about Withergrasp is that if uh, if they've got a gutter runner, Withergrasp will run in and just destroy it. Um, but I quite like the heralds doing that anyway. Yeah. So, I think if you've got heralds. Withergrasp doesn't necessarily add as much as perhaps taking, um, if you've got that amount of money, uh, taking um, a mercenary, one of your other demons or something like that. If you want an additional player, I think a mercenary. Uh, so a mercenary pit fighter is what? 60, 80k, chuck kick on it, or another skill, uh, that's 130k. So you can take Withergrasp for 170, wrestle's good, two heads is good to dodge. Ta tackle and tentacles good as a defensive skill or you can just take a lineman with a particular skill for 130k I think it I'm not sure what you're after what do you guys no. think of with a grasp double draw <clears throat> I think it's very thing. situational yeah I um, think there's a better way to spend 170k absolutely the one big use I can see and it's it's very niche so I don't know if you experienced this, Ben, when you were playing with with Corn, um, but yeah. people are terrified of the Bloodthirster and they want to get away from him as quickly as they can. Yeah. If you can use Withergraft <laughs> to tag the Bloodthirster's target, they're not dodging away. The Bloodthirster's going to beat them down all day. So you know, if if your opponent's got a really troublesome War Dancer and you don't want him getting away from the Bloodthirster, you tag him in place and tie him, him in. So they can't dodge away. That is really yeah. good, but the one thing I have found with the Bloodthirsters is that uh, there's always a good target. 
<laughs> Apart from the zombie they've tagged you with. Oh, d- anyone you can three die frenzy mighty blow claw with a with a with a bloodthirster is a great target for the bloodthirster. Uh, because it does usually kill a dude a turn, doesn't he? Generally, yeah. Even well, if he's he's stunning, popping him down, he's just going to be on his merry little way, uh, sculling for the skull throne, uh, just yeah. having a great time. And talking about skulls and death, we've got Max Spleen Ripper as our last star player option. 130k, five four three eight, loner chainsaw secret weapon. So we do get a chainsaw on the corn team. Yeah, this is the guy I take over all of them. I think this guy's great. Strength 4, straight off the bat. Strength 4. So the biggest downside of a chainsaw is mostly the chainsaw is a strength 2 goblin, right? Most chainsaws you run up against are strength 2 goblins. So you can run in, punch him on the nose, and then let him kill himself. Uh, It's going to be real tough to do with Max Spleen Ripper, who is strength 4. You're going to need to assign three players realistically to get a decent two-die block against him. And then if that goes wrong, he gets a free chainsaw swipe at you. So, and 130k is is realistically quite cheap in the world of inducements. But we'll look at actual inducements for the team now. And and, ben, uh, and, and Sam and Ben, I think you both already mentioned it. The re-roll for 100k. Is King great? Is, yeah. is Max Spleen Ripper better than a re-roll? We'll ask the real yeah. question in a minute. Don't worry. I think so. I, I do I, think so. I've never run a chainsaw, so I I can't. Oh, they're good. I can't really comment. <laughs> I'd love to, and it, I mean, for a corn team, blood for the blood god. No, I thought the chainsaw really expedites <laughs> that blood for the blood god. So um, the chainsaws, uh, while they're really great at, well, they're great for blitzing, which is really quite funny. Um, they are great for blitzing, but also they are great for mopping up. Now, the great thing about the corn team is you're popping a load of guys on the floor. So the chainsaw will usually have some great plus three foul opportunities to sort of run yeah. in and mop up. And it You can... never want to blitz with him because there's a billion better blitzes you can do on a corn team. On a corn team, 10 out of 10. On a goblin team, blitzing with the chainsaw is great fun. And even more yeah. so on a chaos halfling team. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> it's so, so much fun. Um, so Spleen Ripper is definitely something to consider and I would probably say not until you've got that third re-roll somehow mm. do you reckon so if you're only on two re-rolls you take the extra re-roll over I would change. take that re-roll because and we talk about this and we're talking league here we talk about this all okay, the yeah. time with regards to inducements the ones that help your team do your team's thing generally speaking are more advantageous to league play um, than anything else so in, in, and for that reason, I would say getting that third reroll, and then possibly if you don't have an apothecary, taking the inducement apothecary, um, I think is probably the first thing I would do because you've got a great team. Corn are dangerous. It doesn't matter what your TV is down because that the bloodthirster is a great equalizer, um, and your main guys can do a lot of damage themselves. So you can murder three, four hundred k in a game. Um, and I think having that reroll to keep your guys up, keep them fighting, is is more important to me, from my experience, than having a chainsaw to mop up. What do you guys think to that? See, you mentioned the apothecary, and that's my first pick. Okay, that's that is a yeah. great pick as well. Um, I take that just because I've said I've said it a few times already this episode. Um, the court, the team's expensive. As soon as you're one player down, it's a big investment to replace them. It is like a pit fighter. You can usually 
you you might end up having one extra, but you've, it's hard to build a team with twelve players, so you probably won't. You're right. Um, having, having a journeyman um, pit fighter is fine. They go on the line. They're that yeah. positional. Uh, that they're they're the support piece. Yes, but losing the bloodthirster. Yeah, or a demon, and they have regen, but I don't think I've ever passed the regen roll with this team. <laughs> um, Corner clearly doesn't like me, so yeah, um, you can't rely on it, and. If that 100k saves you having to save up 180 for a new bloodthirster, then yeah. Uh, yeah, saving up 140 for a reroll, uh, it feels like an awful lot. Saving up 180 for a bloodthirster is a huge amount. So yeah, Ben's Ben's got it. A really good point here. Then actually, uh, the apothecary is definitely definitely in contention. It depends on how risky you want to be. Um, but the good thing about the apothecary is it only takes 50k to buy. So yes, yeah. Maybe what we said earlier is that the apothecary should be the first thing you purchase. I think so. Yeah, and and yeah, I I think you're right. I haven't because I I was just like, I want more players. Uh, but I think an apothecary would have been a very wise choice, and I just got very lucky with my bloodthirster. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to come to it. The wizard. Ah, uh, get out. Who yeah, wants to take the lead on out. this one? I'm you out. Right, blood blood tithe. <laughs> Tell us why wizards on a corn team are uh, not allowed. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll disclaimer: it's a game. You can take a wizard; it's fine. <laughs> Just... <laughs> you can, in fact, you are allowed to take a wizard. Yes, um, it's purely from a thematic standpoint. Corn hates all things magic, despises inch, despises anything like that. So you know. If you're taking a wizard on a corn team, expect to lose because corn's going to make you lose for that. Yeah. <laughs> Forget nuffle, you're going to get punished hard. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's. I think he sees magic almost like cheating. When, when there's yes. sort of martial honor involved, you're cheating yeah. if you use magic. Well it's, then, you guys are going to hate me because <laughs> I absolutely love taking a wizard on a corn team. That's uh, so good on corn. That's I, annoying. It's worth. So that third, that third reroll, I think, is real key. And if I had 150k to play with, I would be tempted to get my third reroll just so my team can do its thing. If if you've got enough to take a reroll and a wizard, then it gets real interesting um, because the wizard. Well, we've said this about the bloodthirster. That the bloodthirster is a great equalizer, but the wizard is an even even better equalizing factor in Blood Bowl and I don't think people use them enough because I think they were kind of shuffled off at first weren't they they were removed and then re-added so all the 2016 the 2016 rebound didn't have wizards for quite a long time until Schottenheimer was induced in Death Zone 2 and then when we went live with the chaos spike I think we got the hireling sports wizard oh it's on the screen yeah um in the chaos spike so these guys can take a wizard so if you're playing Blood Bowl 1 or Blood Bowl 2, a wizard does a different thing than it will do on tabletop if you're only using the new rules. Uh, so I think, should we quickly talk about the Hireling Sports Wizard, even though this is a corn segment? Yeah, no, it's a good... Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so, so the wizard is 150k, and then once in the game, and you can only take one wizard of any description... Um, once per game you can cast one of two spells one is a thunderbolt uh, which you choose a I think it might actually be called a fireball uh, you can choose a target square on the pitch roll a d6 for each standing player from either team that is either in the target square or next to it if the score is four or higher that player has been hit by the fireball and knocked down if it's three or less the 
players fine. Um, make an armor roll and use mighty blow. So if they've got a cage, this is why this spell is so good. If they've got a cage, you use a fireball and there's a 50-50 chance of taking each one of those players out. And then you get a chance to roll armor using mighty blow as well. So you can kick to them, they can move their cage up and you can fireball and it can open up a side of that cage. And when you've got a cage with a side open on a corn team where you've got a two plus bloodthirster blitz in there or you've got a herald blitz in there at strength four, it's 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 a huge game changer. What do you guys think about that spell for corn? Let's pretend it's a prayer. Let's pretend it's a prayer. <laughs> All right, you got me now. I'm interested. Or a bomb, like a corn missile. All right. <laughs> that's all. You, that's all you need. You just need to pretend. Yeah. It's uh, so I've only ever used wizards a couple of times, and so on BB two, it's called it's fireball, not thunderbolt. Is that right? Yeah, I'm not sure if I've, if this is typed up right, but yeah, it's the fireball. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, and I always seem to like hit a cage. You know, you got five players ball carrier in the middle and one on each corner and like one man will go down i don't know if that's or rolling it's always <laughs> underwhelmed me you know always underwhelmed me. well the thing is with the corn team is uh even one of those guys going down should give you an opportunity to make a good blitz on the ball carrier true uh, but for 150k it's one shot you get one shot you get exactly. one opportunity it's uh it's an m&m eight mile moment um, <laughs> but if you took max spleen ripper he could he could rip open a whole bunch of players for for a whole drive but you're using your blitz to do it. And you can only blitz a corner. You can't blitz the middle. So it's oh, interesting. I mean, not necessarily in that situation, but... You're right. For the, the you whole get, you, game, the whole drive. The whole can... drive, yeah. You get a wizard for one moment. You get a chainsaw for one drive. Uh, or, you know, if with a bit more cash, you can get a, a mercenary or a, a Scylla for the whole game. And that is... You're right. That is a real big differentiator. The other spell is Zap, which I think is less good, but interesting. Uh... Target any opposition player and roll a d6. If the score is equal to or higher than that player's strength, that player gets turned into a frog for the remainder of the drive. Um, one always fails, six always succeeds, and frog has the profile 5-1-4-4, dodge, leap, no hands, stunty, titchy, very long legs. I, I don't think I'd be using this spell. Even for, a, even for a human, it's a 3+. You're better yeah. off just 4-plusing the entire cage. If one gets to gutter... Our two plus the gutter runner gets turned into a frog and drops the ball. That's quite great. It's a um, nice safety. And the good thing about the wizard is you can buy the wizard and you don't have to uh, decide at the beginning of the game, I'm going to take my wizard and my wizard's going to have zap. It's I get both. So if they cage up, I can fireball once per game. If they run away with a guy I can't reach on a two plus, I zap him. Uh, or at least it used to be two plus. Now it's depending on their strength. So yeah, it's interesting. It's like Sam said, though. I think it always boils down to. I think I'd rather. I think I'd rather have the chainsaw because I'd rather have a dude always doing stuff than a chance to do something once. Yeah, I think. I think that's. Uh, I think that's very fair. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it's it's definitely something to consider. Um, yeah. If, in my opinion, for corn, if you're 300k down, I wouldn't take one of the big stars. I would take a reroll or an apothecary and the wizard, and just let your rest of your team um, do its thing and create yourself an opportunity. You can drive, and the running game for corn is pretty successful. You do have an edge three passing game, so a short, quick pass can be done, can be done quite well. Uh, I think that's why it's important to have those rerolls, is because you get to 
save yourself a bad frenzy and um, gives you the opportunity to get that extra go for it all that that stretch play um, so for yeah. me inducement wise extra rerolls wizards are good apothecaries are better how do you guys yeah, feel I think about my, that my 300k would be spleen ripper apothecary and a keg two thirty and a keg and then one of the uh temporary cheerleaders or something like that yeah you know you get the 20k things coaches too yeah if I had 300, it would be a wizard and a reroll, and I'd go for the win and not worry about my team. <laughs> uh, but that's online. I think in tabletop, the apothecary becomes more valuable um, because you've painted that model, and that model it has a part of your soul inside it. Whereas on the uh, on BB1, if it's rubbish, you just delete the team and start again. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's a fair point. Because <laughs> you can get a season in in a couple of days online. Uh, it takes a couple of months. Well, actually, it takes about six months to get a season in uh, on tabletop, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right. Guys, is there anything else you want to talk about with regards to the corn team? Uh, the only thing is is models, really, if Absolutely. we want to briefly oh, touch on yeah. that. Absolutely. So you guys have both got a corn team. How? Sam, you, you kick off with this one. Um, mine was... So, Mine were built from old corn bits that that I've used in other game systems. So I I was I made a uh, me and my brother did forty k tournament, um, and I took corn demons. So I had loads of blood letters, and I had a, a bloodthirster. This was the old school uh, bloodthirster, the one that was metal then resin, not the oh, new that massive thing's, one. That thing's a beast. And uh, so I had half a team. When you said tombstone was on, we can play. Corn. I was like, oh, so all I need now is some pit fighters. And I managed to get hold of a box. I don't know if Games Workshop's uh, of Chaos Marauders. Oh, the, the old school Marauders. Yeah, the plastic Marauders from. Yeah, from of course. Um, yeah, they're great. They're, you know, they're sort of shirtless Norsemen with top knots or long hair, and they, they look the part for pit fighters. They look like you know, barbarians. They look like pit fighters. They are exactly. very corn. Cool. Yeah, um, they've been used know, a lot in Blood Bowl, I think, haven't they? Because I've seen Norse teams use them. Yeah, they yes. were the, they were the classic go to for Norse. Yeah, and you know, you just slap a bit of red paint on them. Job done. <laughs> the the other thing I like actually is they so they come with shoulder pads, big, almost like sort of Astarte looking shoulder pads. Yeah. Uh, so every single one of my dudes, because they're only what they armor eight. I don't. They're, yeah, they're armor eight. Yep. Didn't want to beef them up too much, so every single one of them's got only one shoulder pad on the right shoulder. That's that's their their blitzing their their blitzing shoulder. Lead with the right shoulder <laughs> yeah. barge, amazing. Um, ben, how about you? Uh, well, I just want to say, following up from from what Sam said, is um, just because I have them in front of me as I'm painting the uh, the blood reavers. Yeah, um, they're like the corn blades of corn troops. They also make good pit fighters. Um, sort of like a marauder alternative mm. um yeah but the one i use is the gribo team gribo uh alastoran i think they're yeah called. alastoran or alastoran yeah. i don't know how to say it yeah because i'm not a griban uh, speaker no. <laughs> uh yeah and my god are these models beautiful now you got them on offer didn't you yeah so when they like, they usually do well i'm gonna say usually i've only Really seen it once <laughs> the new year sale um new year yes, sale black friday sale they do do sales and that the team price comes down to what did you pay for it in the end 
uh, I think I paid 40. Oh, that's 40 insane. Pounds. I thought you were going to say yeah. 60. And I was going to say, no, that's no, a good price for a team. They're uh, about 80 quid new. And getting it for 40 or 50 pounds is wicked good. Yeah, um, you post about 10. It's about 50 altogether, yeah. So the, the easiest way to kit bash this team uh, is with Blood Reavers or Marauders for your pit fighters, and then getting a box of uh, Blood Letters to be your lineman, right? I'd say that's a very easy way to do it. The Thurster bit is of creativity. tricky. The Thurster <laughs> yeah. is tricky. Now, there are quite a lot of Games Workshop demon models that work quite well for it. I think the uh, Korgoroth from Age of Sigmar would probably be a suitable alternative for a Bloodthirster. Um, yeah. Uh, do, I, um, if it fits. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not up to date with, with all of the minis that Games Workshop do these days, but do they still do uh, Bilakor? The I old, do do Bellacor, uh, yes. He, if you, if you painted him red. Great choice. Maybe um, file down the Undivided logo on his chest. <laughs> now, I think I think one thing that's tough, a tough sell, is that the Bloodthirster is labelled as a Bloodthirster as opposed to a Greater Demon. Uh, yes, it's uh, tricky. Because the Bloodthirsters these days have they've suffered significantly from scale creep and they are a model so big that not even i would dare get it on the blood bowl pitch uh, to 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 be to be a regular sized model i mean uh, on a 40 mil base a giant right well yeah that's what i'm saying sam is you could as a giant uh taking up four squares the new bloodthirster model uh which is about as tall as a small child uh, would do a cracking job um, but you need a model about twice the size of an ogre twice the size of a human something in that range to be a good bloodthirster that fits on a 40 mil base so yeah there's a demon lord called Bellacor. uh there's a lot of options out there you could yeah, don't be beholden yeah exactly don't be uh stuck to the idea that the bloodthirster must be a big thing uh with wings and everything like that the wings don't matter just accept it it's just a big corn demon so if you've got a particularly sexy minotaur model chuck some extra armor on it and that corn blessed minotaur has the stats of a bloodthirster and then it works so don't be too strict on yourself and think what can i use for a bloodthirster i have to go on ebay and pay 35 pounds for this chunk of metal um, that's going to fall over and do more damage than every firebolt sam has ever cast but um... <laughs> the who's sorry it's the fomeroid this guy mm. here, the Fomeroid. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, he, can we get he'd a... make a good Thurster, perhaps? I don't think horn... he is clawy enough. Mm. Oh, that's a good point. But the point. the Minotaur guy, and this is what I'm thinking of, the new Minotaur chap from Warpath uh, would make, if you chucked on some extra corn armour, because corn loves armour, it loves metal, loves brass and red. Uh, so organic beast yeah. things kind of have to have spikes and metal on it to make it look corny. Um, that could be a good one to go for, and there's just there's a lot of opportunity out there. So if you can't get a corn team from a, the third party, you can make your own by having some demon guys, some human guys, and a big guy that looks appropriately tough and menacing. And there's quite a lot of them out there, so don't be don't be stuck uh, thinking ah I've got to find something with big wings because Ben will tell you the models with big wings are not always the best. <laughs> Uh, to transport and to play yeah, with. I still need to re mine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Go for it, man. One other thing. I was yeah. going to say, um, I've not done it myself, but for Pit Fighters, I think a lot of the Warcry Warbands would look really cool. 
Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And the great thing is because there is one type of human on the team, right? Mm-hmm. That it doesn't matter. It's just all the humans are pit fighters. Wicked. Yeah. Like it kind of it takes that pressure off. When you're running, say, a Norse team where there are four different types of Norse human and the Lyman as well, that gets ropey. But if you've got pit fighters, that's it. And then some demons, it can differentiate it. And the pressure's off a little bit because the Warcry models look amazing. And you get box, two boxes of those, chuck them down. You've got the makings of a, a, a really cool lineman build for a Demons of Corn team. So I, I completely agree with you. And I think that's a great shout. Mm. I think, I think that is it for Corn. We've touched on models, we've touched on inducements, we've touched on tournament builds, we've argued about wizards. Um, <laughs> I don't think you're ever going to take a slave giant on a corn team. I just don't think it's worth it. I think you got 400k to spend in a better position with a, with a star player if your bloodthirst is out or just a bunch of stuff to make the rest of your team work well. Um, but yeah, I think... I think we've covered everything for corn. So, guys out there listening, if you have ever run a corn team, drop us a message. Let us know how you got on. And if you haven't, I really hope this has inspired you to look at the bill and just give it a go. Uh, if you've got a PC that is of medium quality or better, you can jump on Steam and download Blood Bowl 1 uh, Chaos Edition. And that will be enough for you to play loads and loads and loads of games with corn. It's only £12 at the moment. I tell you what, it was £12 well spent. I had a load of fun with a team I simply wouldn't be able to play any other way except on the tabletop. Uh, take the corn challenge for this quarantine. Um, just have a look at the build um, and then be like me and then be tempted by a Savage Orc build using the Demons of Corn roster. Um, and that's 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 currently where my um, my Games Workshop basket is. Fortunately, they're closed, so it's all right. But you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, you've got some there's some opportunities for modelling there. Uh, cool. So what we're going to do now is we're just going to take a quick break, and I'm going to give a little update on um, Roster Rumble, our new show that's coming very very soon, uh, and then we'll get back to the guys and say goodbye. Hey everyone, it's Ben here from the Bonehead Podcast and welcome to episode one of Roster Rumble. So Roster Rumble is our up and coming mini show uh, that's going to run alongside the podcast. It's a participation competition. So we want you guys to write lists for us to argue about uh, against each other, basically. So season one, we'll talk through uh, what we need for that in a minute. But really the idea is that you can come up with some great creative lists. Send them in to us. Ben, I... Whoever is going to be uh, competing on the, the day of the episode will choose their favorite list from our selection and um, they'll talk through who it's from, and what the plan is, what the team is, what its strategy is, and then we'll just argue about which team would win in a game. Uh, and we're going to give uh, people who participate if we like their entries, if they get on there, if they win a show. We've got some little bits of goodies, like some special dice and things to send to them. So yeah, get your ideas to us. Let's have a look at season one. So the build for season one is our star sevens build. So it's a sevens team, which means uh, 
between 7 and 11 players, 0 to 4 positionals, and it's just one team type. 700k build, it's got to have at least one star player, and at least 7 players, including stars, so you do get a bit of flexibility there. Um, 7s format, 0 to 4 positionals, yeah, excluding star players, so you get 4 positionals and a star if you can fit it all in within 700k. You do get skills as well, so the tier list, so the normal NAF tiers, three of them. Tier 1, you get two normal skills to put on any of your players, obviously not star players. Tier 2, you get two normal and one double, and tier 3, you get two normal and two double, and if you don't want to take a double, you can replace it with a normal, like in normal tournament format. Uh, tournament format. Uh, tiers are normal NAF, three tiers, but Underworld with no Skaven do count as tier 3, so if you want to go Chaos Mutation Heavy, you can do. So yes, get those rosters and those ideas to us. We've already got quite a few, but um, there's many more out there that could be really great fun. So get them into us. And Ben and I are going to be recording the first few episodes in a week or two. So you'll see that coming up really, really, really soon. So yes, help us out, get involved, and uh, see if you can't win some loot. Okay, so with that, we are going to wrap up for the day. Sam, Ben, thank you so much for coming on and talking a whole bunch of Blood Bowl nonsense. No problem at all. Yeah, thanks for having me on, mate. No, absolutely brilliant. Sam, we're going to absolutely get you on to talk about your crazy idea in a few episodes' time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a bit of foreshadowing there, but we've got some proper bonehead topics coming up. Um, I just want to say, everybody out there, please... Um, take care of yourselves at the moment obviously the world is a tough place and a very unusually cold place at the moment where you're not allowed to be in anyone else's tackle zone so just um, <laughs> just be safe be sensible, uh, take care of yourself and uh, do what you can to enjoy the time with your family uh, and if you don't want to do that then try and enjoy some time with us uh, either with our stream on a discord catching up with episodes whatever works for you we've got lots of stuff going on um, just enjoy blood bowl let us know what you're doing and uh, take care so yes very final goodbye from me and um, we will see you in a couple of weeks yeah bye-bye thanks bye. see you later <laughs>